number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. The Phoenix rises from the ashes. It's time to fly. Welcome back to the last, well, not the last, but the latest episode of the Phoenix Splash Podcast. I'm one half of your humble host, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. On the other side of the screen, you see him, you know him, you love him. He is the chairman of the board of the Midwest chapter of the GLD. If you didn't know, that's the good looking guys. That's my man, Brett Jacob. What's going on, Brett? Tell me something good. Happy New Year, by the way. I didn't say that on the off. Happy New Year. And what's good is our reactions to the theme song there. We're both bopping our little high heads floating around. <laughs> it just looked so funny. <laughs> but beyond that, Wrestle Kingdom was very good. And I've been bitching about it for two episodes, and it was very good. And I'm excited to talk about it and the future of New Japan, which looks very promising, as well as big shows from Noah, from TJPW, from All Japan, but not from Stardom, baby. <laughs> well, Leaving that shit in 2023. No. Uh, I watched some, but I haven't watched anything from the new year, obviously. Brett still on strike from stardom from 2023. Happy New Year to everybody that is listening and watching. Go ahead and cut or turn down the music because I'm actually having trouble hearing you here. (laughs) Say less, motherfucker. Um, (laughs) Like I said, Happy New Year, everybody listening and watching. Obviously, Brett is going to kind of set us all up, but we're just going to touch on a little bit of everything this week, a wrestling potpourri, a parezu, if you will. Cornucopia. A little New Japan. Hey, look, you know, it was words I know, so I'm just going to throw them out there. Um, We're going to talk a little New Japan. uh, Obviously, Wrestle Kingdom, sprinkle in a little New Year's Dash. There's some uh, things to talk about there. Uh, Then moving forward from that, uh, Battle of the Valley, I believe, is this weekend. I believe it's Saturday. Uh, Nice looking card. Yeah, I was going to say I have the card brought set up for that, so we can talk about that, if you will. Then we'll move over to Noah. Uh, interesting card. Uh, Brett's caption oh, is kind of uh, encapsulating things on that. I definitely want to discuss the main event and the other happenings in the Noah 1 uh, 2 show, if I'm not mistaken. We'll jump on over to TJPW. Yeah, they had a here. really good, interesting 1 uh, 4 show that we're going to talk about. And then a couple of shows or a couple of uh, matches on their 1 6 inspiration show. And then we're going to close up with a little All Japan, talking a little Kento Miyahara and Nakajima for the All, All Japan Triple Crown Championship. So without yes, further ado, let's get this ball rolling, Mr. Shingo Takagi, if you will. All right. So on that note, let's talk a little New Japan. We're going to start off with little Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't have anything. Okay, keep trucking, right. baby. 
Shit, say less, motherfucker. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom is going to start us off. Wrestle Kingdom 18 on the 4th of January on a Thursday. Sleep deprived as I was. I watched this Joker live. How did you watch it, Brandon? Where did you watch it? Uh, Yeah, I pretty much immediately when I got off work Thursday at 5 o'clock, I came home and popped it on and off and running. Fortunately, Avoided all spoilers other than seeing a picture of Nick Nemeth and Ryan Nemeth uh, on the internet. That was the only thing I saw, like from a New Japan account. I'm like, oh, shit, that's awesome. But no match results or anything like that spoiled. And yeah, like I said, heck of a show. Quite enjoyed it. Um, and we'll talk about it. But yes, no, it, just, was, uh, it outperformed my expectations pretty greatly, I'd say. I was very curious in the sense of just how it was going to all play out because we were both kind of just, I guess, down is the word I would just use for a lack of a better term on the card. So yeah. let's just kick it off. Uh, let's start from uh, we'll, we'll do it ass backwards from PSP. Let's start from the beginning and work our way backwards. Uh, sure. Twenty two. Let's go. War dogs. The uh, the. Well, do you want to talk Kurt. about the ram? Do you want to talk about the Rambo or no? Oh, um, yes. Gosh, I keep forgetting about that because I didn't write it down. Um, the Azar the- Azar loves the Rambo every year. I, I <laughs> always, it's always fun. It's fun. But- no, it is. It's it's literally you know it's everybody to get on the car, which is not a problem whatsoever. But. For those who don't know, there is a essentially a Royal Rumble in this case. It's the New Japan Ramble, if you will, where you just have it's the same concept. Two guys start every. But you X can get pinfalls and submissions, though. In addition to the throwing the over the top between the Royal Rumble WWE and the Ramble in New Japan, that usually opens big shows. In this case, for New Japan, uh, Russell Kingdom starts off with this ramble where the last four guys uh will be competing on the new year's day uh dash card to decide who is the first kopw provisional champion for 2024 so the final four competitors that end up you know going on to new year's dash to wrestle for the kopw championship no particular order yano fuck yano per usual uh yo Great Okan and Taiji Ishimori. What did you think about the final four for the KOPW? A little sprinkle of everything. You had yeah. you know, juniors, heavies, you know, Yano per usual. But go oh ahead. Give yeah, it was a little surprise, but I liked it. Um, I was definitely, I we I don't think we picked this match because it was pre-show. We did, like, I would have definitely picked Taiji as who ended as 2023 champ. I figured he would have at least been there. Sure. I would have definitely picked Hanare. Uh, mm. Just obviously he had a great, his best year ever last year. I think he should have been in the match against Shingo. We'll get to that. Uh, but it was great Okan. I kind of figured it'd be one of the three, you know, Jeff Cobb as well. It's like one of those motherfuckers had to be there. Um, Yano, no surprise, of course. But I liked seeing a couple juniors in it. And uh, we'll get to the winner after this. But I uh, was a little surprised by that. But on board with it and uh, i did like that yo was like in his like workout cl- like wasn't seemingly dressed like didn't have shoes right <laughs> like, <laughs> it was pretty funny so i don't know i hope that was like real 
and not playing. And then he just like lost his shoes or what? I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead. You got to go out there now, motherfucker. Oh, shit. I got my shoes. You got to go. You got to go. Shit. Because <laughs> he was dressed in like the sweatsuit. So. Hey, hey, hey it's possible. Ropes, even with boots on, is not exactly easy. He made that shit look like it was not a problem whatsoever. I was like, okay, I see you, yo. Go ahead with your bad ass. Go ahead. So, yeah, we'll talk about the uh, – And then the just real quick, wanted to say it's cool with Ishimori as well because, you know, he was out a lot of last year. So, just one, good to see him and good to see him, uh, you know, move on in advance. So Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the winner and then the, uh, the surprising main event of uh, New Year's Dash here in yes. a little bit. Um, All right, now main card. Let's go, baby. Yeah, main card starts with Catch-22 versus uh, the War Dogs. In this case, it is uh, Carcanos versus Dan Drilla Maloney. Yeah. Uh, 9.38, bell to bell. Catch-22 regains the IWGP Junior Tag Titles. I shouldn't say TJP. It was, <laughs> I forget. Uh, I forget. Ashwang. Thank you. Or uh, as I'm going to call him, Asswang. Yeah, stop it. Um <laughs> I guess this is his Filipino alter ego where now you've pissed off TJP or P, uh, TJP, and now you've gotten a swang, if you will. Um, I didn't have a problem with this match. Ultimately, I thought this was the redemption arc of Catch-22, and then it ultimately ends up with them winning the titles. Um, this was what it was. I gave it three and a half stars. I do have a bit of a problem with it. Um, I thought the previous two matches they'd had, not counting the coffin match, which I'll get mm -hmm. to that, I thought were excellent. Mm -hmm. And I think we had talked about this a few episodes ago, a couple ago, as a potential show stealer even. You know, figured it would open. You know, it's not going to be the best match or even second best, but I figured it'd be more like four and a quarter level. And I'm with you. I'm giving it three and a half. Still fine. The TJP thing was cool i guess it was different it was interesting you know i certainly wasn't against it okay, but it really like it yes or no i'm very middling on it um i would say more no only okay. because i say it's okay to say no yeah well i think it just kind of took away from the match itself like all the focus was kind of on that granted the crowd was very much into it which that's Three. important but i think big picture Obviously, they did the coffin match to build to this moment. Who knows how often? I like the coffin match better than this. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I think I went okay. either four or four and a quarter. It just felt more, well, I don't know. It's like they didn't, like we'd just done it two weeks before Wrestle Kingdom. It just wasn't, as, it just didn't feel quite as important. Whereas the coffin match just felt like a little more intense it was a weird match and you never see shit like that in new japan no. but i still enjoyed it but i wish it hadn't have happened and i wish it was just tjp and akira against those guys normal at wrestle kingdom and i think it would have been a much better experience um so it's interesting that the match i was probably you know one of the matches i was looking forward to the most was the one that let down the most but uh hey that's the way she goes sometimes and uh no, I, no, I agree with you i was i was definitely looking forward to this and i, I i'm kind of with you i was kind of more caught up in the tjp gimmick versus the the actual match itself the coffin match i thought was was good maybe a little better than this uh a little gimmicky for new japan but you know, every now and then you got to step outside the box. So I'm not too necessarily mad about that. But 
yeah, I had a little more expectations for this match than what was delivered. But like you said, neither here nor there. Next up, you had in a, I won't say a surprise, but I'll, let's just set it up first and then we'll go from there. Tanahashi that versus a surprise. That Saber <laughs> Jr. for the World TV Championship. Age 53, bell to bell. Tanahashi outduels ZSJ to win the World TV Championship. As I was watching this live, this was my first audible pop of the evening, as in, oh shit, what's this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Roll up uh, Tanahashi after a, a roll up from uh, ZSJ, basically reversing roll up, out wrestling uh, ZSJ. Like I said, uh, for me, my the knee jerk reaction was oh shit, but then I was like, okay, wait a minute, this could actually work out both ways. For ZSJ, he's done what he needed to do with the World TV Championship. We talked about that, even though we both picked ZSJ. I don't. I think it was more for the pursuit of twenty, and Tanahashi didn't feel like the guy to take the title off of him. But now that he doesn't have the title, and now that you do have a new world Move champion, him on up, and, and you do have a new title created, whether it looks like the Intercontinental Championship or not, I'll let you be the decider factor on that. The I fact that he's lost this frees him up to, like you said, moving on up like the Jeffersons for Tanahashi. Whoever comes and beats Tanahashi not only gets the title, but gets the rub from beating Tanahashi in such a short time. And Tanahashi shouldn't be wrestling all matches at this point anyway. I mean, hell, he's the president. You know, you got bigger things to be worried about, like, you know, getting U.S. expansion, selling out the Tokyo Dome, yada, yada, yada. Thoughts about the match and the potential of both guys going forward. Yeah, firstly, we have not discussed him as the president. I think we can have that little discussion after we talk the match here. Um, I joked in saying he only won because he's the president. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, match was good, you know, for nine minutes. It was very intense, fast-paced. Tana kept up, I'd say. Surprising finish. Um, I, I had mixed feelings. I still went four stars. Still very much enjoyed it. Um Mixed feelings in that I did want Zach to get to 20. We've yeah, talked sure. so much this whole year about how great of a fucking year he had. This certainly doesn't take that. It really just kind of puts the stamp on it. He had that belt for exactly one year. Um, and yes, the opportunity now for him. Um, and we had a on our little text thread talking about it. And Azar, I think, was the first to say, or maybe I'd be brought it up as like Zach to win the G1. And he's like, yeah, that's my early pick. You said New Japan Cup. We both refuted that only because he's won two and won not last year, but 2022. And I just think it's a little too soon. Like if he were to challenge Naito in April, he ain't winning that belt. I no. think if he wins the G1, you know, Naito may not even have it that long. But regardless, it would make sense for Zach to be the one. As we also said, he took him out of the G1 in 2022. And then even back into 2018, it might have been 2021. But then even back into 2018 in the block final night, he defeated Naito with the Zach driver to knock him out. And I think Jay White ended up winning the block that year. Sounds right. I think 21 so, was the year that uh, he did that he got injured Naito in the old yeah. match or whatever. That sounds right. So those two got a ton of history. Um, At the but, least, they have to cross paths, right? No doubt. No doubt. Um, Domain? You know, whether, I, certainly possible. 
Um, but yeah, I certainly see that happening. And yeah, excited for Zach, new opportunity. Cause God, the guy is unbelievable. And I just really, really, really would love to see him win that world title once. Okay, I can't agree with you more. Okay, so let's talk about Tanahashi. Yeah. Out of the uh the tights uh from the last time we recorded 17 to 18. Uh Roshi Tanahashi has been named the, the president of New Japan. Um, I thought this was not necessarily from right field, but it feels like a good way to kind of start to transition him from out of the ring into something that's going into a front office for him going forward. And you, you kind of thought that this was going to happen now. You know, we're starting to see that movement going forward. I guess, what are you looking for from Tanahashi as goals for New Japan? What is things that he can do that are feasible in a 2024 calendar year? I don't know. You know, I haven't really thought about it too much in that sense, but I think it's interesting, one, that I don't know how much you've read about it or seen. I haven't read a lot, but it seems as if Okada was a big part of Obari, the previous president, getting removed and getting Tanahashi in there. Obviously, they're feud on screen. I'm pretty sure they're, like, pretty tight as human beings. Um, you know, I don't... We don't know much or care much about the politics of New Japan, but generally, I think I love this. Uh, one, like you said, it's going to kind of slowly transition him out. We still want to see Tanahashi, of okay. course. He's one of the greatest of all time. But we just don't need to see him... You know, it'll be more special seeing him infrequently... We talk plenty about his body, you know, breaking down. And then just in terms of like the future of New Japan, I think it's just great to have someone fresh in there because it feel it truly does feel now that we've turned the page from Wrestle Kingdom that we are in like a new era of mm, New Japan. I think it was a reset. The New Year's Dash was a nice little reset. And just we have, all you know, the three Musketeers and Yuya. Those guys are now here. And they're only going to get better. They're only going to get higher spots on the card. You know, Will Ospreay's gone. Um, other people will probably be leaving. So it just, it felt like the right time in general. And fuck, Tanahashi, the guy has given his body, his life, everything to that company. And, you know, in Japanese wrestling companies, there's certainly a long history of active wrestlers serving as presidents. Antonio Inoki. Giant Baba, Misawa, and Noah. So there's probably plenty of others as well that, you know. So I think it's great. In terms of goals, I don't really have too much for you. I know they kept talking about, you know, he wants to sell out the Tokyo Dome. I mean, shit, I think they're like, they need more than 10,000 fans to do that. So great. That's a good goal. Have a fucking great year this year and put those butts back in the seats. So, um, you know, U.S. expansion, we'll see. It's been... Uh, Generally, it's been a bit of a flop overall in the last six years that they've been doing it. There's been some up, ups and downs. But, you know, I think New Japan Strong during COVID was fucking great. For Money. one, it gave people jobs during the pandemic. And two, it was a pretty damn entertaining show. I wasn't watching it every week, but say I watched a third of the episodes or so. And, you know, it got guys like Bad Dude Tito, West Coast Wrecking Crew, a slew of others. You can help me out if you if Tom Waller, yeah, Tom Waller yeah, was yeah. Fred Rosser. Yeah, you know, guys, just putting Jay eyeballs Cole. on guys. Yeah. It was a great thing. But clearly that 
that doesn't exist anymore. But for some fucking reason, they're built still. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they're still having these shows. We got Windy City Riot coming up, which we very well may be um, There's been some scuttlebutt. Um, yeah. So, you know, I would just like to, if, if they're still wanting to have a presence in the United States, I would just like it to be done better and consistently. And but just generally happy for Tanahashi, guy's fucking great. But uh, you know, still sad that Zach lost because what a fucking run he had. No, it was um, a nice little run, nice way to start the uh, the U.S. title, the U.S. title world <laughs> championship. And by the way, what did you give the match? Three seven five. Okay, yeah, I was back and forth between the two, but fuck it, I gave it four. No, and, and the reason I bumped it to. Uh, I was I was on between three and a half and three seven five, but the surprise yeah. finish to me was like, oh, yeah. okay, see that shit coming. Well, damn, okay, now we're talking. So yeah, God, damn. Me, was bump up and and it made it just a little more of a an appealing and a better match. Speaking of the aforementioned Yuya Yurimura and Yoda Suji, they mm. matched up, and we wondered out loud, you know, passionately, where were they going to be? I know Brett was definitely going to have a shit fit uh, if neither one of these guys were more so Yoda Suji than uh, Yurimura, but I know he has love for both guys. So when I saw this match, and I know we didn't talk about this, I, I breathed a little sigh of relief. I was like, okay, this is perfect. Yes. You know, this is the Brett and Azar special. Now, both guys are going <laughs> to off the ledge, off the top of whatever you know building they live on, and we can watch Wrestle Kingdom in peace. Yeah. So, as a singles match, this is not what I expected. I expected a bit more of a, uh, you know, a six-man tag or however. I was so happy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a nice, it was a pleasant surprise. And for me, it was kind of a reward for both guys for what they've done up to this point. Probably more so you, you you're more than Yoda Suji, but neither here nor there. 1057 bell to bell. You, you, you're more pulls off. I would consider this an upset of sorts. Yeah. Over Yoda Suji. I thought this was a solid match. It really made... Yurimura shine where I see a lot of people just say he doesn't have it. I don't think he's supposed to have it. To me, he's like the modern day Tanahashi without the flash. He's just going to come in, just wrestle, wrestle solidly. It's a technical, not technical like Brian Danielson, but I mean, his arm drags remind me of Ricky Steamboat. And they brought that up on commentary, I think, yeah, multiple times. Like that. His finisher is basically a, a belly to belly to a bridge. I mean, how much more can you get technical than that? I mean, it's he's not supposed to be flashy. Yoda, I'm, I'm sorry, not Yoda Suji, but Shota Umino is the flashy one. You know, mm-hmm. Yoda Suji got the uh, the swagger. You know what I'm saying? Um, Narita's Ren, just mean. Looks like he's going to be a really good heel as right. he progresses. And, and uh, Yurimura is somewhere in the middle. Neither here nor there. I just think they all have their own different aspects. Yeah. I don't think he Absolutely. needs to have it or yeah. have a, a character per se. I mean, he just got the fuck back. Neither here nor there. I gave this 375. 10 minutes, what I say, 10 minutes, 57 bell to bell. What'd you think of the match? I loved it. And that won't surprise you one bit. I went four and a, <laughs> I went four and a quarter. I just, I had a big smile on my face the whole time in this match. And I think when this, and then the next match with uh, Kaito and Shota against uh, House of Torture, when those two got announced, I was just like, thank you. And it's like, they listened to this show, you know? Um, yeah, we might have had a little influence. But, um, yeah, 
again, it wasn't the greatest match ever. They only got 11 minutes, but I thought they made the absolute most of it. And like you said, Yuya Uemura fucking shined, finally. And didn't look like he just wanted to take a shit the whole time. And I say that (laughs) only because his facial expressions, if you heard the last episode. He just had more fire, more gusto. He just looked so crisp, so smooth, strong, fat. It's like, not that he, you know, not that we haven't seen that. Well, I don't think we've quite seen this. Like, to me, this is the best he's looked. Whether in Impact, New Japan. It just looked like a, it all clicked for him. Maybe he'd been holding back a little bit, honestly. You know, I think kind of so? part of the story to a degree was him coming in. You know, I complained about him kind of taking a back seat and just five guys. But I just I really like how this has played out to this point. He gets his big win. He looks great doing it. And what is there to say about Yoda Suja? Yoda, <laughs> I can't even say his name. Yoda Suji. Guy is just a... Nice. He's just so fucking good. Like, what a dance partner. We Mm. know these two guys, just like Ren and Shota, you know, they've kind of, these two guys are going to be rivals forever. And it's going to be uh, young, young lions. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. It's so like, this is just such, it's such an important match and moment in their history as individuals and together. I think this is one we'll look back on and be like, this is what kick started this legendary feud. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I do want to make a comment, you know, three matches, nine minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes. I feel like this has been a bit of a theme of the last four to five Wrestle Kingdoms. Well, more so when it was still just one night because they, you know, you got to jam a lot in. A lot of shorter matches, but really making the most of the time just across the board. So So you're okay with it? I am, you know, I would have, of course, liked a couple more minutes here, but just jet, it kept the, it kept the show moving, you know, at this, it was a breezy watch. It was a fun watch, but just wanted to make a comment on it. Cause I think it was like Wrestle Kingdom 13, maybe it was the one when Kenny and Tanahashi main evented. I think it was 13 was like Azar was actually in town. We were watching it with a bunch of buddies live having a good old time. And we're just remarking like, holy shit, that match was like eight minutes. Oh, man, that was like 11. It just kind of caught us off guard there. But uh, now it's back to one night for the second consecutive year. And I think it's just kind of the way it is. And it's fine. Just wanted to comment on it. But no, okay. I, I, I like to two nights. I like one night. I mean, as long as, you know, like you say, you budget the minutes, right? Ultimately, I like it better as one night. <clears throat> now that we've, you know, we had the two nights for what, three years, maybe. And we're back. It just you go back and look at those cards and like the first three to four matches on both shows are just kind of meeting. You know, it's just a lot of multi-man tags. Right. Like now it's like everything fucking matters. Okay. no, I can't say I disagree with that. Uh, Next up, speaking of uh, matches that were short but impactful, Kaito Kiyomiya and Shota Umino versus Ren Narita and Evil. much more of a spillover for Shota and Ren Narita <clears throat> desperately trying to get hands on Ren Narita. Ultimately can't really do it, but in classic House of Torture fashion, Ren Narita finds a way to pick up the push-up board that is steel reinforced and cold cocks the shit. The shit. Umino who sells it so, so well. 706, bell to bell, House of Torture gets the dub. I was saying that I was kind of scared that Ren Narita would fall into the house of torture 
formula, and he kind of did here. But I will say that a lot of his, I guess, demeanor post-match is something that I haven't seen before, and it makes me want to see more of it. I want to see, ultimately, I guess that's what they is at the – can't even read my own handwriting. It's somewhere <laughs> down the line where Shota and uh, Renarita actually have their own singles match. I believe it's uh, shit the twenty the twenty third of this month. There it is. Shit. Um, they'll have their finally. They have their own singles match. So all this has basically been building up to this final singles match. Finally, they have their singles match, especially after Ren has flipped heal and join house of torture so ultimately like i said him taking over house of torture is the main goal but i do like the early form of renderita as a heel i gave it 375 as well short match but i mean ultimately it's a building block to the 123 match where they basically have the uh the singles between uh shoto and renderita Looks like the 24th. Sorry. I just, I super Jcast had tweeted like a graphic of all the big matches coming up in New Beginnings. So I was pulling it up. I actually, when I looked at this at first, I don't even remember seeing that. So that's fucking exciting. And yeah, like, you know, the match was, it is what it is. It was, like you said, it's more of a vehicle to keep this story going, you know, keep Shota kind of on the bottom here. It's going to be interesting to see how that match goes. Um, but I think the, the story here is that Ren Narita still continues to give off some leader vibes here in House of Torture. A little bit, a little bit. And I love that. Not Or more that he and Evil appear to be equals. Equals at, 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 at worst for Ren, you know. But So that's exciting. Um, I think it was good getting Kaito on, too, because he just did a lot of shit in New Japan this year. And again, it just feels like he's part of the roster, and then he goes back to Noah. It's like, oh yeah, he was a part of the uh, the Noah roster too. Yeah. And it, it just keeps the 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 bridge open between talent share between two of the bigger names, uh, bigger promotions in Japan. So, you know, I'm always down for that shit. You know, if I can see fill in the blank over in all Japan or Noah or New Japan, I'm a, I'm down for it. So yeah. It, it was what it was, but ultimately, like like we said, it's kind of a more of a building block to their singles match somewhere down the line. Like you said, the 24th. I thought it was the 23rd. Neither here nor there. Real um, quick, real quick, yeah, not yeah. about this, but stepping back, we forgot. Uh, after Tanahashi won, who showed up on the screen? Or was that the next day? <laughs> I can't, am I getting ahead of myself? It was I the honestly, next day. It was the okay, next then day. And let's save it. Sorry, yeah, for, I just again, saw, saw that person's name down here, and I'm like, oh shit! You no, know, I stopped, I had to stop and think about it because I was like, wait, wait, is was that? No, no, that was all today. Yeah, I, I scratched. I jammed all right. it. In. I Moving on. Yeah, it's all good. No, I appreciate you for looking out for my back. <laughs> Next up, you had a very interesting match coming into this. Not necessarily excited, and then all of a sudden they rang the goddamn bell. Tama Tonga versus Shingo Takagi for the IWGP Never Openweight Championship. This was a mess from the start, and I mean mess in the best way possible. Let them jokers fuck this shit, beat the shit out of each other. I loved it. This was a match that I did not have a lot of expectations for because we had seen it a, at least a couple of times where they kind of, I don't want to say hot shot the titles, but they passed the title back and they forth. They hot shot it. Okay, fair enough. They have the titles between these two. Felt like guys. the GHC heavyweight title in 2022. 
Okay, so th at this point, we had just seen it in, I believe it was Las Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas shootout, or believe it's something like that. Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, we had just seen that match, and now you're having this as a Wrestle Kingdom match. So we had voiced our displeasure for it. I definitely did. I know Brent would probably say the same for himself, and I was very pleasantly surprised and <clears throat> shocked by the finish. Tomatongo wins yeah. the never open weight championship. My second oh shit moment of the night where I thought this was just going to be a slam dunk. If this was BFR, this would have been probably my lock of the week because it just made too much sense where Tomatonga felt like he was on the way out the door and seems like he still is, by the way. Mm. But I thought it just made sense for Shingo to make the defense here and then whatever happens on New Year's Dash is whatever <clears throat> happens. But in a surprise move, I don't know if this is a, you know, thanks for the uh, the, the good memories or the, you know, a good faith gesture by New Japan, but this was definitely a surprise to me. Did not see that some bitch coming. It it took me by surprise. I almost remember a little gasp from the audience as well when uh, Tomatonga won the match. But I'll let you speak on it. Talk about the match and the, the surprise announcement by Tomatonga post match. Well, what's your rating first? Uh, I gave it four and a quarter. Same. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked plenty about how we were not excited about this match. I thought it should have been Hanare, but it fucking delivered. Definitely. Um, it was excellent. Like you said, they just bell rings. They went to fucking war, beat the shit out of each other. Great stuff, but very confused by what's going on right now. So, you know, Thomas says he's leaving. And now there's, I don't know how much you've seen in the last day or two with the like evil stuff. Yeah, you can go ahead and speak on it. So evil, I haven't seen a lot of it, but I did just end up seeing a picture. Evil in kayfabe, I assume, went to a computer in the New Japan office and de deleted Tama from the roster. I actually think it's kind of funny, but <laughs> I hope that this is all just part of the story and he's not leaving because if he is, what the fuck are we doing here? You right. know, thanks for the memories. No, no. They should not have won that match if he's out the door. Because like you said, it's already been ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. The guys, I don't think he's had a successful title defense in now three reigns. So he has either. I, I assume this is going to lead to a match with Evil. And if Evil oh, is already announced, it's the uh, it's part of that. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not thrilled. If he does leave, I think, you know, whatever. Happy for him. I know he wants to be with his family. Yeah, and that was like, that's the number one thing. I'm not mad for the Not man. mad at him at no. all with this. No, that that's a personal decision. I can totally respect that. You know, God bless you for it. Uh, if this is a, a scenario where this becomes, you know, Carl Anderson 2.0, not saying that he's going, you know, you know, you know, take the title and, you know, come back to America with the shit, but – this this feels like some questionable booking to say the least. Yeah, I don't understand why the Shingo didn't win. And even if this was a surprise and nobody knew about this until post match, it still shouldn't matter. Shingo is just that dude at this yeah. point. It it doesn't make sense to me for Tama Tonga to now get the title back, but then he can't defend the title. You know, the next time he comes out, that doesn't even seem like it makes you know. A, like a real true champion the carl anderson moment that was sweet that was nice but 
eh, I'm okay with that at this point. Shingo was the time to put him over because Shingo is basically bulletproof. You know, there's not much you can do to Shingo where I would look at him differently than I do right now. So if you wanted to do it, that was the time to do it. Now, if they were surprised by the move, okay. But now here comes Evil coming up with this. And I don't know if this is kayfabe or not, but either way, I think it's just kind of fucking funny. Yeah. And Tom Palmer's reaction is like, you know, what the fuck is this? So that makes it even more funnier. I'm Honestly, I would be more surprised if Evil didn't win versus Tom yeah. Tom retaining. Yeah, I think... I think Evil's got to win unless he is sticking around after all. I don't know. I guess. Do you see if Tama does leave and this is all true? You think he's going to WWE? There was rumored interest in he and Hikaleo like early last year. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say that that's the only reason. I mean, AEW an option too. I feel like between the two, it would yeah, be WWE. I, I hate to keep saying this all the time, but right now, just. WWE has their book and shit together. I know. Just doesn't. I mean, yep. this week in AEW, just on a side note, has was just abysmal. I mean, hard to watch. You had a, a smoking Continental Classic, and you came back with this. Ugh, damn, I mean, at least at is. least Hangman Claudio was tight, but then there wasn't really yeah, much. Then that. Just like, huh? Uh, okay. All right, yeah. Joe. Here comes Joe to save the day, and then uh, uh, yeah. Uh, All right. Okay, and then that was it. I looked up and the shit was over. I was like, okay, this is some bullshit. Well, I guess the question is, is Thomas still going to be wrestling or is he going to take some time off? You know, it feels to me like WWE is the play. Maybe he takes a little time yeah, off. It, it kind of makes, you know, a little more sense in that scenario. There's ties there. I just don't think that AEW would give him the time of day. No. LLW, you know, I guess you could do that to tread water. Impact or TNA, perhaps. I was going to say that they keep teasing about somebody, yeah. a you know, a big time signing or whatever. That could be that. I'm, I'm not saying that it's it won't happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if it does. Um, I would definitely rather see him in TNA than AEW. Yeah, for sure, because I think TNA would present him as a, a star and treat him as such for whatever reason. TNA slash Impact has done a really good job with people that have, you know, left one company more times than not is WWE and then rehab them. And then the next thing you know, you you come back up. Deanna Perazzo is a really good example of that. WWE had her, gave her the boot. She went over the Impact, became one of their better champions in the last two or three years. And now she's over in AEW, probably making more money. So, I mean, I could totally see that if Tama Tonga wanted to do it. If I had to bet money on it, it's probably WWE. I agree. Next up, you had another singles. Well, I'm sorry. It's a tag team match. I apologize for the New Japan Strong, and I know you can love to hear that, and the IWGP Tag Team Championships not unified, which I thought was a bigger surprise than anything else. But neither here nor there. I guess you got a plan that's, you know, smarter than me. Uh, 927 or 947 bell to bell, which was a huge difference in time when it compared to their New Japan or not the New Japan, but their World Tag League final, where it went over 40 minutes. This just was under 10 minutes. God gets the win over Bishimon. For me, it's still a little bit, bit of a surprise. I kind of get it. G.O.D. kind of needed this little love. Bishamon is way the fuck over when it comes to tag teams. So ultimately, they didn't need this win. I just kind of thought, you know, 
it would make sense for them to have this win, you know, really cement them as the uh, the best tag team in, in New Japan. But I had no problem with G.O.D. winning this bad boy. It just felt a little short considering the fact that I was thinking about the World Tag League final as this was going on. And I looked up and this match was over. I was like, oh, well, shit, that kind of sucks. But neither here nor there. Ultimately, I think the right team won if you have any kind of thought of developing a tag team division in New Japan. But the match time kind of suffered. I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, like the opening junior tag, another disappointment here for me. I've, you know, we talked plenty about the World Tag League final. I loved it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this just, it was a miss, you know. Give them 15 minutes at, like, if a short time does frustrate me for this match and this match alone, because like you said, they got 40, they told a great story. It was very engaging the whole way. And it's just, like you said, it's like, that's it. And it, you could tell, like at the, I feel like at like the five minute call, they're like already maybe not doing finishers, but like, you could tell this was not going to go that much longer. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really have too much to say. We talked a lot about both teams last time I did pick, you know, the GOD team. So happy about that. And I, I, I do think it was the right team to win. Cause you know, they get a bit of a rub why they did not unify those belts. I have no fucking idea. You know how I feel about it. I'm not going to talk any more about it, but happy for those guys for sure. And, uh, see excited to see, uh, what their reign looks like. If there was a, a title to unify, this was probably the one, but we'll see what happens. Uh, next up you had the IWGP junior heavyweight championship, El Desperado versus Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, another match I was looking forward to just for simple fact that we have all kinds of history between the two. The, the build wasn't necessarily there because it, I don't think it needed to even be there. Uh, Desperado needed to heal up for injury purposes to make sure he was right for the match. Harumu basically had some, you know, six, eight man tags to keep him fresh leading to this match. All that said, eh, a little disappointed in it. Not yeah. one of the best efforts that I've seen. It just felt like this was there to be there and not necessarily a, a crowning moment for the winner. In this case, it was El Desperado. Um, I just felt like it, I was waiting for the next five minutes of really good action that never came. Um, I'm not saying it's the worst match they've done. And, and even if this was the worst match, this is still pretty good. I just, I felt like this was, looking for more, needing more, another five minutes. This was another match that probably could have used a, 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 at least 10 more minutes, you know what I'm saying, to really get this joker in. But it is what it is. This is Wrestle Kingdom, so, you know, time's going to be a little bit of a crunch. Like I said, it was a 14-21 bell to bell. Uh, I gave it 3.75. It probably should have been more of the four and a quarter if you actually gave it time. But it, another match that felt like – it kind of was hurt because it didn't get the time that needed to tell a really good, not redemption story, but, you know, a fact that uh, Desperado finally gets it. Not in five, I always say finally, but to me, it always seems like it's finally because he's never had that one real where like, I take the title and I'm taking all this shit too. He finally, Jesus Christ, I said it again. Desperado <laughs> winning the title is good, but it just doesn't feel like, it feels like there's still more meat on that bone. I guess that's where I'm going with it. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I agree with you to a point. I do think it should have got, could have, and should have gotten more time, and it would have been better. I still really enjoyed it for the time they got. I gave it, I did give it four and a quarter, but yes, I was still, I was, call, call me mildly disappointed or mildly let down in this. Um, it did, it felt like Hiromu's reign ended, I don't want to say abruptly because he had it for a year. But it was a little stagnant towards the end of the year. He didn't really defend it much. And that's kind of how jun- the juniors aren't really utilized quite as much like post-G1. Um, and like I said last time, Desperado already beat Hiromu two years at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's like, if anything, that was his moment. I'm never going to get upset about a Desperado winning the winning the title. Love that guy. But yeah, I'd say it fell a touch short, but I still really enjoyed the action. And yeah, it probably is among their worst matches, but that's saying something of how fucking great all their matches are. Um, I hope maybe Hiromu moves up. You know, we've talked about both of these guys moving up. Like, there's literally nothing else for Hiromu to do at this point. You know, the one thing was break the defense record, which hell, he was halfway there. So that would have taken a whole other year. Right. Like he's won the title, what, four times, five maybe, best of super juniors, three times. So <laughs> let's move him on up. Um, and we didn't talk about this before, but he and Naito, that match was announced for the anniversary show in 2020 for the heavyweight title. Uh, you know, it's usually been heavyweight champ versus junior champ at that show. I would really, really like to see Naito versus Hiromu. It's like they they booked the match four years ago. Let's fucking do it already. The commentary did say that Naito had talked about wanting that match as well. So let's, you know, fingers crossed, you know, this feels like the redemption arc for Naito's 2020 title run where now we're getting all these, you know, checkmark um, matches out of the way because, I mean, realistically, Naito's probably got a year, two tops, and then we're, he's probably moving on to uh, greener pastures. So if, that, if that's the case, if we're going on that timeline, there's matches that we need to see. Hiromu and uh, Naito for the title is, is one of those matches. I mean, Desperado, sorry, not sorry. I mean, you, you just have to move up, too, so that way you can get a shot at the, yeah. uh, but the time. Yeah, but real quick. I generally am excited for Desperado having it back. You know, interested to see who the opponents are going to be. And, yes, hopefully after he drops it, then they can bump him on up. Immediately on New Year's Dash uh, with how uh, Wado was going to challenge him post-match and then Kanemaru kind of jumped the uh, the line. So That's right, yeah. I was already like, okay, all right, you know, I, I that'll be good. I, I like this already. So it, to me, it was already off to a good start. Um, next up, you had the triple threat match. Now we're getting serious. Real. Now we're serious. getting real serious. David Finley and Will Ospreay for the newly minted IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship. Like I said, I saw this for the first time, and I looked at it. And I'm like, you motherfuckers think you slick? You just named this <laughs> shit different. Yeah, slick. <laughs> This is the new Intercontinental Championship. White-looking belt. 
That motherfucker, they, they, they try to get the, they try to sneak that shit in to make it the, uh, no, 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 championships white too. I was like, see, y'all ain't slick. That is the intercontinental championship, <laughs> damn it. It's basically having the same fucking, you know, spot in the car, you know, two or three away from the top of the car. I mean, get, just bring the shit back. <laughs> here or there. That's my rant on I that. I couldn't agree more. You know, that. <laughs> I'll say you motherfuckers ain't slick. Neither are there. I thought well, this. Real quick, the fact that they called it the global championship, like, and we talked about, like, it definitely left the door open for Osprey to win, and like, he takes it to AEW and he goes back and forth. So, in that sense, like, it would have, I would have liked it a little bit more, but David Finley won, as we both thought. Yeah, um, not a huge surprise there. Uh, Great match. Wanna, yeah, I don't want to say he backdoored. <laughs> Great his way, match, but. He definitely took advantage of Moxley and Osprey trying to murder each other and end up, I believe, he ended up pinning uh, Will Osprey on this. So, he did. And that's, that's you know, that's a, a, a tip, uh, the feather in his cap, if you will, to David Finley not only becoming the first global heavyweight champion, but pinning Will Osprey. On top of that, I did say when I was watching it, I, I tweeted on uh, about it where watching Osprey and um, John Moxley made me a little jealous that Will Ospreay is going to AEW because now AEW is going to get, you know, hopefully this amazing, you know, few whenever it, it starts, you know, oh, for yeah. you know, the next two or three years, depending on how long both guys decide they want to do the wrestling thing. I was watching that's like, God damn, AEW just, you know, as long as TK just stays out of his own way, that you know, this is a, a money match it's a money feud it's no, all no. those things once will osprey hits the aew four so in that scenario i will say i was a little jealous and probably a little player hating as well because it just always feels like tk is poaching the new japan talent but that's another story for another time um i thought this is the match of the night up to this point agreed four and a quarter um the right guy probably went over i just I hate the fact that Will Ospreay announced that he was going away right before this match. Then it takes some of the, the drama away. The you know, It was kind of more predictable. I thought David Finley was going to do it anyway. So now that you, you have Will Ospreay saying he was going to leave, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I always kept thinking about when is it going to happen? When is David Finley going to take advantage because someone missed it or you know someone got thrown outside of the ring or some crazy shit like that and ultimately that's how it kind of played itself out which isn't the worst thing it, predictability is not always a bad thing it was just if it could have been just a little bit more if will osprey would have just held off for a second but whatever get your money will i ain't mad at your shit So you cut out on there for me a sec, but I think we're back. Um, yeah, I love this. I went four and a half. Might have gone four and three quarters if um, War Dogs didn't get involved. I, you know, which is fine and all part of it for sure. But it just took away from the match a little bit. Yeah, I loved that in the press conference the day before that Mox and Osprey made the agreement to just beat the shit out of Finley so they could have like a little singles match. Loved that. Thought that yeah. played very well because, like, in the very beginning, they're double teaming him, and then like Osprey's wailing on him, and Mox shoves him out of the way. He starts <laughs> wailing on him. Osprey shoves him out of the way. It was great. Um, they end up putting him through a table outside, and that's when they agree, like, all right, let's get in the ring and do this right. shit. 
and it was great. Uh, it, so I just thought that was a perfect like table setter for the match and made all the sense in the world. It's like, fuck this guy. This should be our match. Mm. He interrupted. He stuck right. his nose where it didn't belong. Right. Let's give the fans what they want. So I loved that. Highlight of the match might have been Alex Coughlin going through the table. (laughs) (laughs) I have never in all my years seen anything like that. And that's kudos to Japanese woodworking because that would not happen here in America. For those who didn't see it, I don't, you wouldn't be listening to this show if you didn't watch Wrestle Kingdom. So, but. (laughs) What did Osprey did like a moonsault or some crazy time? Senton to the outside. That's right. <laughs> I think Gabe Kid's table did not break, and he just kind of fell off and coughed, fell through. And credit to that motherfucker for selling it like he oh was God. dead. Jesus, <laughs> it I mean, was sat through that, sat at that table, sat literally through that table, it and didn't so move for minutes. So good. I, I mean, I literally just. Howled so motherfucking loud. This the crowd like, lost it too. Oh, they went, yeah. this <laughs> the morning. I'm making all kinds of goddamn noise. It was it was easily the spot of the night when I'm thinking to myself, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. And then he, all of a sudden he's doing it. I'm like, oh shit. You kind of overshot I mean, it a little bit. Yeah, I was like, like that's like Gabe <laughs> Kid barely got hit. Yeah. So. Lucky <laughs> that it wasn't worse than what it was because yeah. it, at this point, you know, I I don't want Will to, you know, do anything more like that for me, man. Get your ass over to AEW. Let's have some great AEW matches. You know, you're cool. Just, you know, when you come back over, maybe do that again. Maybe not. I'm leaning towards the maybe not portion of our program, but neither here nor there. Now, this was another match where I was kind of not sure what I was going to get coming into it. But once again, just better than I anticipated. The spots were good. The, the fact that you had... David Finley kind of weaseling his way to the championship kind of makes sense. He gets the heel heat. Osprey is going is bulletproof for me. Hell, every award, in the, as far as I'm concerned, with male wrestler of the year should start with his name on it. And John, well, Moxley, our award is going yeah. to be called the Non Will Osprey Wrestler of the Year Award. <laughs> which we we will be do we will be doing our 2023 year end awards. Next time, which might even be next week, we'll figure that out. But yeah, I was gonna uh, say next week actually feels like it, it could actually happen. Some good but, uh, shit coming down the pike from your boys, and yes, our award will be called the Non Will Osprey Male Wrestler of the Year Award. Um, this year, yes, at least for this year. Uh, <laughs> and I, hell, Mox is bulletproof as well. If we're just yeah. gonna, he is, and the match was fucking great. It was so intense. You know, like I said, it was a perfect start. Finley's able to get back in it. It was just intense, fast-paced. You know, it. I loved it. Like I said, I probably would have gone four seven five if there wasn't some shenanigans. However, as we discussed, that really was a nice part of it. Ultimately, match. I mean, yeah, come on in, sit in this, sit in this table for the next couple minutes. Um, no, I, I didn't have a problem with that. I kind of figured it would happen because it's just David Finley and oh. But what we didn't say is before the match and during the match or after the match, we mm-hmm. saw, as I mentioned earlier, Nick Nemeth, a.k.a. Dolph Ziggler, with his brother, the Hollywood hunk. I love it at ringside. I love that guy. So when uh, you saw that, what was your what would you think was the angle that they were going to play or they or Nick or Nick Nemeth, either or what did you think they were there for? 
uh, the Hollywood hunk to challenge for the world heavyweight championship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as soon as he came out, I thought Dolph, or let's call him Nick Nemeth. Nick Nemeth was going to challenge the winner of the continent, continental, the global heavyweight championship. I can't remember. I think they might have come out a little before this match. I think it was right, right before the Bishivan uh, God match. But you knew they're sitting right at ringside. Something's going to happen, and this to me felt like the match. And once Finley, like, it's like, all right, there's our first challenger. They got in each other's faces, had the scrap. Love it. Um, I hope Nick Nemeth is full time in New Japan. I think that would be fucking awesome. Um, we don't, we certainly don't know. Mark. He's probably not. I imagine the guy's probably, you know, he's just yeah. free from WWE for the first time in 15 years or whatever. He's going to spread no, longer than that, like 20, no, yeah, 15, whatever. He's going to spread his wings. He's going to bounce around Japan Indies as he should. The guy, yeah. you know, he's up there in age a little bit now, but I'm excited to see him outside of WWE because we know how damn good in the ring he is. And, you know, he just over the years got lost in the shuffle and that shit happens. But uh, I'm very, very, very excited about that match. Couldn't agree with you more. Jesus. Nick Nemeth. uh... (laughs) But more so, sorry, more so excited to see him hopefully eventually mix it up with some of the Japanese fellas. Not not to throw shade at David Finley. And I think he's in a pretty good spot. Very excited about the match, like I said. But I'd like to see him mix it up with... uh, Maybe Okada, maybe Knight. Uh, I mean, got to think he's not going to beat Finley, you know, not right away. But no, I think that he's, he's there for a reason to, to, you know, enhance his profile. You know, let's get that man in a G1 or a New Japan Cup. How about it? Man, you st- unfortunately, they already made the uh, the G or uh, the G1, the New Japan Cup announcement. I just I forgot who it was, but it's basically 12 guys. And unfortunately, oh, they they did. I'm pretty sure I saw a poster for it already. Uh, I don't think they would have announced. Three ten, I believe, is the uh, the date for it. But I could, like I said. I well, usually I feel like they'll release a bracket, and I don't think that's been out yet. So okay. I wouldn't necessarily like. I feel like it's going to be more than twelve guys. If it, they've been that's expanding it. Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to say. It just it had twelve guys on the poster, and I was like, "What? This doesn't feel right." You know, Naito's in it, which is always a, a nice little smart move. But man, you're probably right, and I'm just jumping the gun. But we'll circle see. three ten as the New Japan start of the tournament. What, however, men are in there, we'll figure that out once it happens. I'm with you about Nick Nemeth. I'm more so just curious to see how he translates in a new Japan ring. You know, he, we know he can go in a uh, WWE. That's a big check mark on that. Got it. I want to see how that comes over to new Japan. I think he'll do, have an amazing match against David Finley. And then hopefully, you know, he'll kind of hang out for, you know, a couple more shows have him come, you know, Tomaru Ishii, I think, is, is just, it has oh, to, you know, yes. me, he's the gatekeeper of New Japan, you know, yes. you have a match or two and not have a match against Tomaru Ishii. How about this, Shingo? Yeah, if I mean, if, if available, either or to me would be an excellent representation of New Japan's strong style. <laughs> they might teach him a thing or two. <laughs> so, yeah, at that point, I would, if you can get either one, if you can get both, I would be even more happier. But no, uh, this is a good start with Finley. If you can get uh, Tomoro Ishii or Shingo on that bad boy, it would be even better. Next up, 
just when I thought this was getting good, it got a little bit better. Okada Danielson, part two. This Joker wins 23-24, bell to bell. Okada gets his receipt back on Brian Danielson. I thought this was, a, 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 not say, a way better match, but a better match than the original. Not saying that the original match was bad, but it just it felt like the Kota Ibushi uh Marafuji match uh, a couple days beforehand it felt like things were going to happen but then just didn't happen it felt like it was going ready to get into a third gear and just didn't and it felt like the first match was kind of start stop start stop and then it never really got to a a complete groove even though the finish to me was a little bit of surprise but didn't have a problem with it i love the fact that you if you'd have told me okada was tapping out in 2023 and i'd ask you what the fuck you were smoking and pass that shit over here immediately so now you fast forward to 2024 i'll take and, some uh, too yeah right <laughs> give my boy some too so now <laughs> in 2024 you have these two guys added again in a singles match even though they did have the tag team match in aw to set up the broken orbital Eye angle, I'm, it, it might be a bro, broken orbital bone. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I didn't sleep in the Holiday Inn Express. I'm just going it as an angle per se because that's just the way it kind of plays itself on television. Neither here nor there. This is, again, once again, it became the match of the night and was overall for me the match of the night out of this whole little shebang. I love the fact that Danielson was on Okada's arm at any given turn, and it felt like, this time around, you saw the tap out. So now the tap out is in play and it becomes more feasible that it can happen. And Danielson was trying to take that arm with him this time around. It didn't feel like, you know, it was an abrupt. You could kind of see the the damage being done to Okada. The three well, he also came into it saying, I'm going to break Okada's arm. You know, you're never going to be able to do the Rainmaker anymore. So as this match is progressing, I'm like, oh, you know. Dance is trying to take this arm tonight, shit, which made it that much more better. Ultimately, in Okada fashion, he pulls it out. Rainmaker finish. Like I said, 23-24, bell to bell. This is my match of the night. I gave it 4.75. It, it's not going to be perfect, but it was better than the original. I thought, like I said, Danielson to me was more of a bulldog this time around, and mm -hmm. it, it felt like it translated more in the match against the first match where, like I said, it just felt like it was getting ready to get started and it never did. Yeah. Four, seven, five as well. Best match of the night. I uh, might've enjoyed the main event a little more. Surprisingly, we'll get there. But firstly, for you to compare the forbidden door match to Kota Ibushi, Mara Fuji, what the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> we talking broken off, man. I mean, damn. <laughs> You know what uh, I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Kind of, but uh, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll get to that. But uh, no, this was excellent. It was definitely an improvement on their first match. I still went 4-5 on the first one. I still thought it was really good. Just didn't quite live up to the dream match, which it was. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I hate yeah. that these days everything's called a fucking dream match, especially in AEW. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this was great. Like you said, Danielson came to fucking play right out of the gate. Um, I thought it was really cool hearing the Japanese crowd do the yes chant. Toward, it was towards the end of the match when he was getting fired up, I think maybe to do the one of several Psycho knees. That was awesome. Um, and yeah. It, for the match, I was like, dude, what the fuck is going on? What is 2024 starting off with? Red shoes and Danielson hugging? This is amazing. <laughs> 
But yeah, like you said, it was a vintage Okada performance. You know, he took a fucking beating. He sold his ass off. But in the end, he, the king triumphed. And yeah, it was just great action, great intensity, great passion from both. Crowd was eating it all up. Um, you know, a lot of great counters, especially down the stretch, like when they really got cooking and Okada kind of got his feet under him. Um, yeah, this was wonderful. Okada had to win. I think we yeah. all we all knew that. I mean, the fact that Danielson beat him, tapped him out, broken arm aside, like I think that maybe cut off a little bit of the match, but like that was shocking, like you said. But this was the right call, obviously. And it was just so cool seeing Danielson make just making that entrance coming down. I loved it. I mean, nice. I I came to the realization after Wrestle Kingdom, you know, I'm someone who likes to rank, whether it be matches, wrestlers. I've always kind of had like a running top five, my favorites of all time. And I have a top three that's ironclad. Don't really have an order, but it's Stone Cold, Bret Hart and Chris Jericho. Um, but Danielson has entered my top five. Okay. Signed, sealed, delivered. The guy's fucking unbelievable. And... And I've only seen a sliver of his Ring of Honor stuff, which is probably right. some of his best that's work. That's like, those that's Nigel fun. matches are just fucking incredible. Um, but yeah, this was just beautiful. And then I loved the post-match, just the respect from both men, like getting down on the knees, head down. Just wonderful, wonderful stuff. Do we get a third episode? One would assume. I mean, most... Things and most times in wrestling, uh, things end up in trilogies, especially when it's like big type matches like this, interpromotional. We saw it last year with Osprey Omega. Probably. I mean, I don't think it'll be anytime soon. Maybe it's Forbidden Door 3. You know, that would kind of put a nice bow on it. However, I think Okada should still ultimately get that win, whether it's in Japan or in the States. I couldn't agree more. Main event time, uh, Sonata versus Naito for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I know we had talked about this with being one of the matches that we were kind of being disappointed in. You know, Not really, just more so the build. The build was just weak. For me, I'll, I'll speak for myself, and you can speak for yourself. For me, as an LIJ guy, you know, I watch a lot of the uh, – build matches, the uh, six-man, eight-man tags, whatever you want to call them, preview matches, if you will. So for me, watching this for a calendar year or six months or whatever the case may be, you know, by this point, I'm, I've am i had my fill with LIJ versus just five guys. Yeah. It was time to move on, and I figured this was going to be the kind of send-off uh, match where both guys can go their separate ways. Unfortunately, doesn't seem like that. It ain't that like that. It's not the case because obviously we'll talk about that the post match here in a little bit. I, I I didn't think this is the best. I don't even think this is the third or fourth best match of the night. Wow. I mean, look, and and this is coming from the guy that's wearing the damn shirt that loves Naito. That that's my dog. It kind of got a little bumpy there for a little bit. <laughs> there, there were a couple botchy moments, and yeah, I texted well, you. I'm, I'm like, like, there were a couple botchy moments, but they really fucking turned it on after that. And not to which, take it over. Which it. Which my thing was the crowd made this. Oh, yeah. 
And I was just so much more into this match as it was happening, even though it was several hours after it actually happened. But again, no spoilers. You're fresh to it. It didn't matter. We both thought Naito was going to win. Smart Money was on Naito. But there's still that doubt. And I don't know, man. I would just really, really dialed in for this match. And the crowd, like I said, made it that way. Um, You know, outside those two little botches, which one was like Sonata trying to like catch Naito, Mm -hmm. which didn't look as bad because it's like, hey, they're fucking tired. It's this shit ain't easy. But the Destino one was a little weird. I actually rewatched the match and it's almost like Sonata was like trying to like catch him on the way down and maybe reverse it. It was very weird. But like I said, they got it back immediately thereafter. The crowd was still hot as shit. I thought the last five or so minutes were excellent. So yeah, I'm personally not. Sonata was going to win. was coming yeah. down. Forever. And Naito like, hit him oh. with the deadfall, which was awesome. Um, sorry, I kind of took this away from you. I went 4-7-5, and I say that knowing I think it's more like a four-and-a-half-star four match. That's what Meltzer gave it, just for the record. Um, but – I bumped it up because I was just so into it. And it, it on paper, it did not feel like a Wrestle Kingdom main event. The mm-hmm. match, you know, I think it did deliver, but the crowd to me just made it worthy. And it did to me in the moment feel like a Wrestle Kingdom main event. And I certainly did not expect it to. And again, maybe this was because my uh, expectations were so fucking low for this match and they won me over. I loved it. I just really enjoyed watching it. And I think like the Naito mark in me, you know, I'm not quite as high as you, but I'm still <laughs> fucking love the guy like that 2017 G1 run. That was my first year into new Japan. I loved it. I was heartbroken when he did not win at wrestle kingdom 12. I wept tears in my bed when he won at wrestle kingdom 14. So the guy fucking means something to me too. And I just really, really, really enjoyed this. I gave it four stars flat out. Um, That's fine. Like I get it for sure. It was. It just. It took me on a ride, baby. No, don't. Do not get me wrong. The the crowd as soon as Nino's music hit. Nino. It it wasn't like rest that Wrestle Kingdom twelve crowd. You go back and watch like that whole G one run up until the final, and then that crowd was fucking electric. Like I've. That's one of the wildest like entrances for a crowd I've ever heard. It wasn't quite to that point this time. Maybe but... like almost like goosebumps, you know, yeah. as he was coming to the ring, and I was like, okay, you know, I got a good feeling about this. This feel, you know, this feels. And he like, lost. Oh my god! If he had lost, Jesus Christ, I'd have been out outside. Oh, you mean this match? Sorry, I thought you were well, talking back to Wrestle Kingdom Twelve. Yeah, one there, but... this particular match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it felt like, like I said before, you know, the last episode, it just felt like this was just a, you know, a victory lap of sorts. But I mean, you know, credit to Sonata, you know, it, it felt much more competitive. And like I said, there was that, you know, brief moment of seconds where I was like, oh, no, this motherfucker might lose. So <laughs> this so in that scenario, I can't say it was bad, but I just can't go four, seven, five. I'm probably. No, I get it. Is probably somewhere the best spot. I wanted to go four and a quarter, but then I was like, "Well, no, it, it wasn't as good as um, the triple threat. It was probably the next tier down." So that's why four felt felt about right. Let's talk the post match. So obviously, 
as this point has happened, I've now taken a big breath. Was like, okay, you know, it's time for the roll call, baby. I'm, you know, I'm taking a breath. You know, I got a cigarette going. I'm like, oh yeah, this (laughs) this is why we're watching, baby. Like what in the? I'm literally when you know you got me is when I can't speak or I don't speak and I'm just watching and Mouth just on the jaw on the floor. Um, oh, when evil came out, I'm like, dude, come on, man. I'm, in my head, I'm just like, dude, no, don't do this. Do not do this to me right now. I would have loved to see your reaction in that moment. It's I bet probably, there was, it was probably like this steam. Coming out of your ears. They say nothing because now I'm like, okay, so if this is classic LIJ, LIJ is not coming out. So now Evil and Dick Togo have basically got Naito caught up, jammed up with the title in hand and getting ready to, you know, stake off with the title. I'm like, dude, this is Kenta all over again. And I I'm still haven't even said anything at this point. I'm just literally just like, you know, I'm shaking my head like, dude, this sucks. I'm like, where the fuck, in my head, I'm like, where the fuck is LIJ? Yeah. Why does LIJ stick with their boys? I'm like, well, I'm Chris Charlton's like, someone needs to come out here right now. They're, they're cursing, commentary's cursing on screen. I'm cursing in my head. And then all of a sudden, Sonata comes out like Johnny Snow, Game of Thrones. I'm like, what the fuck? You could hear the crowd before he slid into the ring, and it was so good. No, it was it, it was the perfect way for all the bad I think that Sonata has gotten booked into. This was the perfect way to kind of erase absolutely those, those negative memories, thoughts. We I brought up Jack Perry and Sonata the other day. I was like, God damn, that was a fucking match for the title, for Christ's sake. That 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 to me right there just encapsulizes the Sonata run. Yeah, he got the title, but then what happened after that shit is a totally different discussion altogether. Other so, than the Suji match. Other than the Suji match, which is and he had a he had a damn good G one in block competition. Yeah, he yeah. went undefeated. Had had a bunch of good matches. Perfect. But yeah. From there, it gets a little dicey. Um, to me, this has almost felt like a rub from, uh, you know, a rub from Naito to Sonata. The, you know, keep yeah, the uh, the IWGP World Title uh, conversation. Obviously, they're going to run it back here. I believe that is the twenty fourth of February. So obviously, we got a, a month or so, give or take, before they have their rematch. But like I said, for me. I'm glad Sonata came out because otherwise I'd probably be dead at this point because if people would have took off with the title, I'd just, I'd just jump myself in the middle of the, uh, the, uh, the intersection right here and just been done with it. But no, it was, it was good. It just, it, it was just, it just missed a step or two in pivotal points where if it was a smoother match, if you would have made, and don't get me wrong, I get it. it what, what do you say? 23 minutes. You know, you're going to be tired. I totally can understand that. 25 42. Okay. I, just <laughs> I was just because I thought it was closer to 30, honestly. So I had it up here anyway. Okay. So, like I said, to be, I just got to call it the way I see it. Good, not great. To me, Danielson Okada was the match of the night. And from that point, you could kind of go from there. But all in all, I thought Russell Kingdom 18 was a nice watch. It was worth staying up for, being sleep deprived. I had to work, you know, immediately thereafter. So I didn't even really go to That's sleep. Brutal. I, was like, yeah. I couldn't do it. No. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Especially at a restaurant serving customers. Like, yeah, I was oh, like no. 
football to you right now. <laughs> Fuck no. I don't give a shit what you want. <laughs> you ordered what? Okay, my yeah. fault, Blair. I'll get that. I'm going to go step in the back and rip this weed pen. <laughs> <laughs> get my head right so I can get this shit together. Let's talk about New Year's Dash real quick. There's well, a- hold on. I want to have my thought on the ending here. Um, but, echoing what you said, but it really put a bow on the Sonata run. Yes, it was more downs than ups, probably. You know, I've certainly said a lot of words about it the last couple episodes, but I still have always liked Sonata, and I'm happy he had this run. I wish it would have gone a little better, but this was just a great redemption moment, especially in the eyes of the fans, not only in the building, but around the fucking world like us. Like, someone had to do it. I don't think, I know I wasn't thinking about it in the moment. I'm similarly like, where the fuck is LIJ? Why does this always happen with LIJ? Why do they not support one another? And I've got more thoughts on that. But for Sonata to do that was fucking perfect. Again, so much history with Evil, Sonata, Naito. It just, it made all the sense in the world. No one saw any of this coming. I think I, I can't remember if I texted you or Azar or the group saying, I can't wait for Kenta to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if Kenta fucking did that shit again, would be so funny. But it was evil, and Sonata broke it up, and it was beautiful. And I have a thought on the roll call. It was awesome. The crowd was fucking screaming. The day was maybe as loud as I've ever heard the Tokyo Dome. However, why weren't the boys out there with him? Like, we just, like... The 2017 G1, they were all out there, and it was so awesome. You know, Bushi, pointing to him, crowd going insane. That was missing for me, and I don't know why. Like, why is LIJ not more supportive of their boys? It's always been, like, I remember it was something earlier this year where they, like, finally came out to help someone. You know, it's just strange with that faction specifically. We're both massive, massive fans, but especially in the, this was Naito's crowning moment of his yeah. career, arguably. Like you said, he is on the back nine, no doubt about it. Like, can we get the boys out there with them? I just think it would have been that much more impactful had without, all of LIJ been out there. Without a doubt. You know, the fist bump afterwards would have been, would have been yes. a Yes, yeah, thing. like all of them doing it at the gym. Yeah. It was so awesome. That's why, And I think that's probably why they – if you didn't have them come out to save Naito, then you can't have them come I, out. For I get that for there. sure. So, that, so I, I get what you're saying. And, and like I said, you know, I, I was equally as frustrated, probably more so. But – it just, it was a moment missed. Maybe they have plans, you know, somewhere down the line, that, but it, it wouldn't, it will never be like this moment. Maybe if they yeah. do the outdoor, outdoor stadium show in the Mazda or, stadium or whatever, yeah, yeah. I right, say maybe if that's the case, it ain't Wrestle Kingdom though, baby. It ain't Wrestle Kingdom. So, or like, winning yeah, the title, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. So, in that scenario, I think it was a, uh, an opportunity missed. But and the, the crowd was still just beautiful in that. Oh moment. yeah, I think easily the, the the loudest they were all night long, just throughout a match. I mean, don't get me wrong, they were you know vocal in spots where they needed to be and all that other good shit. But for bell to bell match from the start to the finish, this is the type that they were all night long. Danielson Okada probably just as much. Yep. So I just got one question for you. You were about to ask me if I had anything else, and I meant to text you this before. 
I would like this year for like bigger shows. Let's rate the show on a scale of 10. That's okay. how Cage Match does it. And I just kind of like that as well. What do you give, Russ? And you can do eight, you know, 7.25, eight point. Like we'll see you use the quarter, half, three quarters. What do you give in Wrestle Kingdom 18? Um, better than I thought. Um, some questionable shit, but I mean, it's not the end of the world. Um, seven and a half. I'm going eight and a quarter. Um, and again, I think this is largely because my expectations were much lower, but I just, like I said at the beginning, I just had a really great time watching this show overall. And I looked at last year's card. Obviously last year had Omega Osprey, which is one of the 10 best matches of all time. In my opinion, it's going to be hard to top that shit. But as a show as a whole, I thought this year's show was better than uh, wrestle kingdom 17. I kind of feel that way too. It just felt a more complete show versus the the one or two matches that really stood out. Then you had a bunch of other matches that that were kind of you know okay, nothing great. So yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that at all. Shit, you gotta say, it, if like you said earlier, it was a breezy watch, and more times than not, that's all I could ask for when it comes to New Japan. Just make this you know short and sweet, and let's keep this thing moving along. Um, New Year talk- Dash. Yeah, really, not really quick, but just kind of uh, touch on some shit. Let's jump to the main event because I thought that was very, very interesting. Uh, TMDK announced as one half of the main event. So that would be, in this case, uh, Fujita, Zack Sabre Jr., and Mikey Nichols, Shane Hayes, facing off against arguably one of the, the best format teams <laughs> I've ever seen in my yeah. life. I mean, this is just, they kept announcing guys I'm like, what the fuck? Well, and they had basically said that Danielson wasn't there and right. that Moxley might not be there. They said that earlier in, the, in yeah. the, uh, the episode or whatever. So I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, that, you know, they got to get back to wise. I understand that shit. Go home, man. Do your thing. So Ishii was announced, Okada was announced, and Boxley, I think, and then yeah. Danielson was dead last. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> like, who the fuck is going to face these jokers? I like, unfortunately yeah. did have that spoiled ahead of time, which is fine, you know, but uh, it would have been a lot cooler if I didn't. But oh, what a fucking team. <laughs> that was the one day I was like, anything the next day after the uh, – Russell Kingdom was like, nope, scroll by, scroll by, scroll yeah. by. I want to know. <laughs> I wanted to keep this as much as – for those who don't know, and, and if like what uh, Brett said earlier, if you're listening, then you should know. But just for the the sake of clarity, the New Year's Dash show is basically a unknown show. They made the matches up, but they don't ama- announce the match until it it's into it. They absolutely have to. So for me, watching Ishii come out, Okada come out, Moxley come out, Dames to come out. I'm like, dude, are they? Tell me they're not on the same team. They're wrestling each other, right? I'm like, this is an eight man. Ten- oh, shit. Who the fuck has got to deal with these children? So TMDK comes out. I'm like, oh, okay. Now we working. Jose, Jose Fugitive, I add, just, just for, I got to just give him his flowers for 30 seconds. It's your bond, sweet boy. That motherfucker don't give a fuck who He's it is. I, awesome. I pick Okada in the face. I'll run up on. The, Ishii, like it ain't nobody's business. He made this match for whatever it was, thirteen fifty. That was goddamn entertaining. This was, this was a bit of a breakout performance for Fujita, if you ask me. He was one. I mean, we've talked highly of him. He's fucking like twenty-one years old. He's built. He's not like large, but he's built like a fucking tank. Like his look at his quads. The guy's just 
He's he's awesome. And yeah, he was saying, I don't give a fuck of who any of you are in this match. I'm coming for you. No, and that and I love the fact that he stepped to the plate like that. He's gonna be in the uh, junior heavyweight uh mix here in a little bit. So I mean, as much as Hiromu's reign wasn't necessarily great down the stretch, I got high expectations for Desperado coming out of the box because it, it just feels like now you have juniors that didn't get a chance last year in 2023 uh now getting their chance in 2024 kind is going to be a good match i think waddle's going to be a good match if it gets to uh fujita i think that's going to be a good match too all in all uh i thought this was a solid main event i gave it four and a quarter stars uh like i said 1350 bell to bell tmdk gets the win yeah uh, jose fujita that's a big match Big win for TMDK just in general as well. I was going to say uh, the post-match makes the challenge for the never six-man titles for yeah. he and Nichols and Shane Hayes. Okada basically shoves and brushes him off. He's like, you're not big enough to make this you know, challenge just yet. I was like, God damn. So then he goes over to Tanahashi at commentary, basically calling him on commentary. I was like, dude, who the fuck is this motherfucker here? Jose Fujita has just lost his goddamn mind, but I love it. I'm here for it. Uh, ZSJ challenges uh, Brian Danielson to another match. Yeah. So Ultimately, we're going to have those two matches coming up. I believe they are both on the 11th of uh, February. So you have TMDK versus Okada Ishii and Tanahashi for the Never Six Man titles. And same card, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson in a singles match as well. That a 211 card looks like the motherfucker that cannot be missed. That's Will Ospreay's last match. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that in 30 seconds. Uh, ZSJ, Brian Danielson, TMDK, uh, Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii, and then we're squeezing in Hikaleu and EL, uh, ELP versus Chase and Kenta. That's saying that ELP and Hikaleu get through this weekend. We'll talk about Valley, Battle in the Valley here a little bit as well. Um, any other thoughts on the main events? I did, did I, just no, I, I went four on it. It was very, very good. It was by far the match of the night. I, I mean, I think the matches by and large on this show, like weren't the best. It was still a fun show, but like nothing really even sniffed four stars for me other than this match. But yeah, it was just a very, very fun main event. And like you said, it was the Kose Fujita show and uh, it was, Christ. it was tight. Yeah. And again, just seeing those four line up together in the ring, like when they're getting the picture or whatever was just kind of surreal. Yeah, it was definitely like similar uh, to last year when it was Okada and Omega teaming Omega. up. Yeah, with- it was, that was definitely like what? Yeah, <laughs> they're on the same team. Yeah, what the hell is this? So that kind of set the precedent. Like that was first time I can remember something like as shocking as that team. Oh yeah. So that was, that was some sorcery in action for sure. Yeah. I was like, dude, I need to stop smoking this shit. Uh, let's go a match uh, after uh, the semi main event was the KOPW Provisional Championship. 10-minute time limit. The last person to have the pinfall became the champion. If I'm not mistaken, there was only two pinfalls, yeah? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. So that's there definitely thought. was not more than three, but I'm pretty sure two is correct. Yo gets the first, and then Ishimori sneaks in, sneaks in the back door and gets the second. Taiji Ichimori, she, Taiji Ichimori pins, uh, I believe it was Great Okan. Uh, I, I, I think it was Great Okan. I'm not 100% sure. It doesn't matter. Uh, he basically 
runs away from Red O'Con like anyone smart would to ensure that he did get the victory, the first KOPW champion of 2024. Um, I'm okay with it. You know, like you said earlier, Taiji Ichimori missed a lot of time. So him being in this different role, uh, not being in the junior heavyweight chase will be different for him. I'll be interested to see what this uh, step is for the KOPW championship. I think it's either a 10 minutes like fit match challenge or bull rope death match, some shit. I don't know. Uh, KOPW never ceases to uh, be entertaining. Uh, from that point in no particular order, that's not well. Actually, let's go to the next thing that was no newsworthy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, let's just talk the newsworthy stuff here. The um, United Empire yeah. lost raised one of his last matches versus Bullet Club. That joker was only five minutes, but it was the wildest five guys I've ever yeah. seen in my fucking life. Guardrails, I think, were trying to get thrown into the ring at one point. Multiple chairs were being thrown in like it was an old ECW show. Long story short, they're going to have a steel cage match on that February 11th show. I'm, I'm assuming it's these same five guys, Osprey, TJP, uh, Francisco Akira Hanari, and Jeff Cobb. Then we uh, – Gabriel Kidd, who was bleeding like a stuff. Yeah. Yes, Jesus he was. Um, Alex Coughlin, uh, Clark Connors, and Dan the Driller Maloney. So I'm assuming these ten guys in a steel cage for Will Osprey's send-off match. Can Will Ospreay do anything else? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, just ride off quietly into the sunset. What did you think about this five-minute massacre, chaos, just filled, just, goddamn, I love this shit sometimes. So fun. Yeah, it was fucking great. It actually reminded me a lot of the Drilla Maloney versus Clark Connors match at the end of Best of Super Juniors that kind of led to the – those you know drill a turning on you know we forget he was part of united empire last year i was like oh yeah this is a great matchup so it just had those vibes of just like fuck everything let's just fuck each other up um and yeah it was great and i'm very intrigued to see this because i know there's been some because i saw someone had like posted an article or something about like the history of cage matches in new japan i should have read it and i didn't but i can't think of one in the last six seven years since i've been following so charlton said it was it was 20 years uh okay so i'll, I'll lean towards that but yeah I'll, I'll yeah be he knows his shit but now the question is what is the format of the match you know is it pinfall is it escape is it going to be like that the one in stardom where it's like everyone has to get out so you know i'll be interested to see what that is but i mean you gotta think this is gonna be a fucking ripper Oh, this is going. Yeah, there's going to be bloodshed all over the goddamn place. Gabriel Kidd is a. Uh, I know he says he's a madman. He's a truly a madman and I a have, generational talent. Yeah, that, I'm starting to lean towards that as well. That that dude is on a. He's fucking great. He's on a different level for sure. Um, Chase Only other was, thing I was gonna say, sorry, um, was <laughs> the Young Lion sendoff match for yeah. uh, Loibe, Oscar Loibe and Yuto Nakashima who. I love that team. You know, the, they've kind of been formed recently. Two young lions, two big boys. Mm -hmm. I mean, Loy Bay's like six seven, six eight. He's huge. And then Yuto Nakashima is just a fucking mound of beef. Yeah. And they faced off against El Fantasma and Hikaleo. 
you know, only went eight minutes, but I thought it was good action. And I don't have they said where those two guys are going on excursion yet? Um, I thought I saw Oscar Moybe's uh, a recent tweet from Germany. Okay. Don't hold me on that. Uh, I haven't seen like where WXW or something. That's like the only German promotion I'm familiar I guess. with. Yes, I was going to say I was. I didn't really pay too too much attention to it, and that was my mistake. But it, it, I think they've already started the excursion. I think Moybe's in Germany. I'm not sure. We're not. And he is. I just confirmed he is from Germany. I wasn't sure if maybe he was Austrian or something else, but he is German. So that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, that's they say go home, you know, do your thing, and uh, you don't know, have a time with the fam. So that makes all the sense in the world. The post match is where I was going with it. You just you announced the match, but the post match was oh yeah yeah. Chase Owens attacks the tag team champions and announces that he and Kenta are going to challenge for the IWGP slash New Japan Strong Tag Team Championships. Um, Fine, whatever, you know, they need a yeah, challenge. Whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's history with both the, you know, ELP and Hickleo <laughs> Bullet Club. They're going to yeah. win. Yeah. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> we ain't shit. The one I really want to talk about was the one that kind of caught me off guard because I didn't know this was happening either. The curtain jerker was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Taguchi versus Tanahashi. That ended up turning out to the be the ass versus the ace, right? That turned out <laughs> Love to be that. the world TV uh, title match. Taguchi uh, uh, challenges the ace. Ace quickly accepts. Um, this was a decent back and forth match. The ace obviously retains in what was that? Five minutes? Yeah, five, five minutes forty, 40. seconds. Yeah. Uh, so post match uh, vignette starts, and I'm watching yeah. this, and I'm yes. not sure who this is. And as it continues, I kind of see, you know, an image, but then, you know, the sandals hit the floor with bare feet. I'm like, son of a bitch. (laughs) Matt Riddle comes to play, and he challenges Tanahashi for a world TV title match, which I believe it is set. Uh, Let me find the date on that. I think I've got it. It is. Fuck. I can't find it, but it's on this list somewhere. Yeah, that was oh great. February twenty third, new Sorry, beginning okay. in Sapporo, yeah. which also which the main event of that show is Finley versus Nick Nemeth. Nemeth, okay, so yeah, you have those two matches on the twenty third. I'm cool with this. They'll meet at a, a battle. I'm battle. very cool with this. Yeah, um, Riddle, I love Matt Riddle, <laughs> mystery partner of some sort. So, and I don't know if you've seen any of his like pre WWE work. Like he had a match with Walter. There's at least one or two others I've seen. Maybe a Will Ospreay. Like, and we see some in WWE. Guy can fucking go. And he is one that I am similar to Nick Nemeth. Like, let's see this motherfucker in New Japan. And uh, I'm pumped for this. I was going to say, I can't think of the, uh, what was the promotion that uh, it starts with a P that uh, Austin Theory came from. He was the champion there. I can't think of it there. Um, uh, Oh, uh, no, not Evolve. No, evolved. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's what, like a lot of like NXT guys came right. from. Yeah. And that was one of the first times I saw Matt Real non WWE. And I was like, oh shit, you know, this yeah. motherfucker made no joke. So yeah, yeah, he definitely has my attention in that aspect. Another guy, like you said, Nick Nemeth, Matt Riddle, guys that love I would it. love to see outside the WWE um circle, if you will, and see what they how they translate to the new Japan. Uh, aspect of things. I think I covered everything on New Year's Dash. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and I've got that all the matches up from the future shows. We've pretty much hit on everything, and we're already an hour thirty four oh, in. So the only things there's a few we haven't. Um, Tama versus Evil, we did mention. We've got a Hiromu Naito versus Doki and Sonata match will be fun. Hinare versus Gabe Kidd, I think, will be awesome. Also, Jeff Cobb versus Alex Coughlin. Um, Callum Newman versus David Finley. I don't think that's for the title. No. A rematch between Catch 2 2, Clark and Drilla. And then I think the last one is a faction warfare gauntlet between LIJ and Just Five Guys. And please let that be the end after Naito defeats oh Sonata God. again exactly. on the 24th. So, yes. but some good, good shit coming up here these next you know month and a half. Let's do battle in the valley quickly and move on. We still got a lot to get through here. Yeah, Jesus Christ! The speed round starts here in two minutes. Um, just the battle of the valley uh, show. Okada. This card is loaded, by the way. Yeah, For a New Japan crazy. America show, this is going to be fucking awesome. I, I looked at it. I was like, "Damn, this motherfucker!" Yeah, Okada Osprey, the main event in a no DQ match. You had Shingo versus John Moxley. They Fuck, made that yeah. match post uh, New Year's God. Day. That Eddie one gets me horny. Yeah, right? <laughs> versus Gabe Kidd for the uh, kind of uh, They had a match on New Japan Strong, I think, like, beginning of last year, maybe, and it was excellent. So. Yeah, that was getting ready to say. I think it was one of the matches just after Gabe Kidd took the leave of absence, and he yes. came, and I think Eddie Kingston was one of those, his first matches back. Uh, we talked about Riddle and a mystery partner. They're going to take on TMDK. That it would be – looks like it's uh, – Bad Dude Tito and Zach Sabre Jr. Julia versus Trisha Dora for the Strong Women's Openweight title. Uh, strong Tag Team titles. We talked about that. Connors among, uh, I'm sorry, it's Clark Connors and Coughlin, it looks like, on yeah. graphic versus ELP and Hikaleu. That is correct. TJP it's versus David Finley. And then you have a couple of uh, opening matches. Uh, Jacob Fatu, it looks like in, in the curtain jerker with Fred Rosser and Shota Umino versus Team Filthy. Big Team Filthy fans over here. Um, and then Volador Jr. and Mascara Dorado versus uh, Rocky Romero and Soberano Jr. I'm so, actually yeah. pretty excited for that one. Uh, Mascara, Dorada, and Rocky have had some awesome matches in CMLL that I've been fortunate to find and watch. And like hell, fucking Rocky was the biggest heel in Mexico last year. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say he was showing his so, ace down. <laughs> I did. I did read somewhere, maybe on New Jap or uh, Super Jcast, they said that Soberano Jr. has signed a one-year contract with New Japan. So, yeah. I with that, I expect him to be over there full time. And you know, the three to four times I've seen him, guy's awesome. So. uh would love to see Teton come back a little more as well, but I'm cool with a little more lucha influence in uh, New Japan. So, I'm but sure just wanted to note that I wasn't sure if you had heard it. I'm sure they'll both be back for uh, Fast Fantastic Mania oh, in yeah. uh, February. So, yeah, definitely look out for that uh, going forward. Noah, perhaps? I'd say so. And I say we start at the main event. You were in my mind, my brother. Let's start at the main event. Uh, Kota Ibushi versus Marafuji was the, at least in my mind, was the surprise main event when you had the GHC heavyweight title also on the same card. 
wonder if they really wanted to go back in the time machine and rechange this whole thing because this should have been a little different. Mm. Shouldn't have happened. Okay, well, then let's talk about it. It went 33-26, bell to bell. I did not realize it went that long. I knew Insane. it was over 25. Insane. Right. This bad boy. It felt went. like an hour. It unfortunately <laughs> did. And apparently, Kota Ibushi being injured coming into this match didn't help. Looked like he re-injured himself. in. A oh, game. I think he broke his other ankle. On that moon, like so. At this point, you have at least a one-legged, if not a, a no-legged man, trying to pull off a main event in one of the biggest cards of the year for when it comes to Noah, and it it just it didn't translate. You could tell something was wrong, pretty much off the bat. There was a lot of standing. There was a lot of you know staring, but nothing happening. When something would happen, it would kind of end abruptly. Like you said, to me, the moonsault spot where he landed and it immediately grabbed his ankle. It was brutal. It's cringy as I thought. And when I knew I knew the match wasn't good. I knew who won. I thought right Same. then. That's yeah, we both game. knew ahead of time what we were getting ourselves into. Here. Into. I just didn't know how deep this rabbit hole was going to go. Once that match went pretty deep. That match continued after that moonsault spot, and that felt like that was about halfway through. It God, just didn't feel like what? it was getting any better than what it was. This is arguably the worst main event I think I can say I've seen ever in life. And that saying, <laughs> you know, I've seen some bad shit in my time. This one just felt that like is it. an interesting thing to think about because I would be curious to like look back on some <laughs> shitty WWE shows or you. that's what I was gonna say. Th- th- this but was, I think you're right. I think I'm gonna agree with you. Just for New Japan, Noah, the world of Parezu wrestling, this was the worst main event I think I've ever seen. In my life, I'm th- and I'm going with Naito uh, Shoto Umino. I thought that was pretty bad. Oh, this one was- trillion times better than this match. This though. was worse, and it's a damn shame. I gave it three stars. It just what? It's, it's a three star match, and I'm being nice. I'm giving it one star, and that okay. is only for Mara Fuji, who did everything in his power to make this something. But the word I think about with this is it's just fucking sad. It is sad. We called out Abushi, or we said, "Hey, if you're putting this in the main event, he better fucking deliver," yeah, because he has not looked good at all since coming back. Hell, the best he looked was in a singles match against Joey Janela and GCW, his second match back. And even then, he didn't look good, great, but he looked serviceable. And my God, like. It was just, it was tough to watch. You could tell, yeah, like you said, from the get-go, he couldn't really move much, let alone likely, you know, demolishing his ankle on that moonsault just made it so much worse. They should have stopped the match, but like, Abushi's been there before. He's had that G1 match, the G1 final stopped. It was just unfortunate, and it's even more unfortunate what has transpired since. I've said it before. He was by far my favorite wrestler in the world, basically 2018 up until the pandemic. It's just, it's sad. It sucks. It's unfortunate. The match, you know, I said it shouldn't have happened. Like if, if Abushi knew he was that injured, he, 
he's a nut. He was never going to say it, but Noah sh- should have stepped in. Like you said, it is arguably their biggest show of the year, the main event, and they come out. It Noah looks fucking bad right mm-hmm. now. Noah looks bad. They're, you know, bad publicity, obviously. It's like you put the guy's health in danger to a degree knowing that he's already injured coming in. Or maybe they didn't, but it's like you can I, tell. You I can know. Tell. And I don't know how much, you know, secret of the biz, you never know how much these guys are rehearsing or in the ring before the match together. Someone, I don't care who, someone should have stepped in and prevented this from happening or at least bumped it up earlier in the card. It was, it's just unfortunate, sad, terrible. Yeah, awful. I can't believe you gave it three stars. You're just being nice. Nice. Yeah. No, I, it was I, a one-star match at best. I'm, it, I, like I said, I am totally being nice. Um, the cage match score for it, I've ooh, got it here, 0.84. God damn. And I think it is every bit deserving of that score because it was horrific. And I feel bad for Mara Fuji, too. Ooh, yeah. You know. Credit to him. Like I said, he fucking did his best out there. He drug Coda through that bad boy. There was two spots that really stuck out where I was like, okay, something's really wrong. And then if you, if you want to bury this match more, we can. If not, we can move <laughs> no, on. No, I don't think we need to. Um, the chop, when uh, Marafuji chopped uh, Ibushi, and I'm waiting for Ibushi to kick him back, never did. I was Could. like, okay, see, the whole thing about – Tai Chi and Ibushi, what made it through such a great match is they oh were just God. kicking the shit out that of each other. That match was so fucking good. That's when I was like, why isn't he kicking this dude back? I mean, the chops don't mean anything. That this he form, literally could not. I know. That's I, know like, I know you. It's just like, just I know. so that's why I was like, okay, something's wrong. And then the, the second part, which I was just like, okay, you need to stop this shit. There was a part where he was trying to springboard from the outside in. He was trying to jump oh, from the, God. To the top rope, and yeah. he couldn't do it. I was like, "Okay, this is that's enough. Stop this." Now it's getting embarrassing. Yes. This is not even the fact that it's bad. It's now embarrassing to watch. This is a shell of a man in Kota Ibushi at this point. And they that they probably let that Joker go for another ten minutes after that point. I was like, dude, why are we doing this? Somebody stop this man from hurting himself. Lucky no, he didn't hurt uh, Marafuji in this. Yeah. Not I'm not saying he's trying to, but Marafuji was like you said, doing his damnedest to get us from point A to point B. He's lucky he didn't get hurt in the. Process. And Ibushi still won. I know. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that, y'all, y'all couldn't have called an audible at some point, man. Just lay down here. Just stop, like, stop moving. You could, yeah. Just take this fucking chop. Just lay here. Take this three, and let's get the fuck out you of here. You could tell Abushi said something to him right after the pin. It's like, oh. Now, here's the question. Do we ever see Kota Abushi wrestle again? Yeah, he's hard, he hard-headed. He'll come back. He should take at least a year off. Like, Oh, yeah. All I, mean, I want is for if he's going to wrestle again. Get healthy. Get yeah. fucking healthy and see what you can do. I'm not saying I don't want to see him again, but I don't if it's going to be like that. Agreed. And it just, it just sucks. It just really sucks. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, especially in a, a scenario where you already had a uh, controversy about the match being the, the main event, and then it comes out and you have this. 
you have everybody has a right to be frustrated on that. So let's talk about something that is the complete opposite, the real main event <laughs> of that bad boy. In this case, the real main event for Noah Sakins, the semifinal match. Um, Madabu Soya versus Keno for the GHC Heavyweight Championship 28 36 bell to bell. Keno retains the GHC Heavyweight Championship. I thought this was an at least for Manabu Soya, it was a probably not. He wasn't going to win. We knew this. No. But it was a nice little bow on top of this nice run he's had for the last four or five months. Um, he's he, made himself a legitimate main eventer. Yeah, I was going to say winning the tag titles with uh, Keno was fine. But then as the G1 started, he had big matches in the N1. Obviously, he didn't win it, but had it was there at the very the end. The two with Shiozaki, the draw, and like the yeah, tiebreaker match or whatever were both wonderful. Got the, just amazing. He got the big win against Nakajima early to kind of get that whole ball roll, yeah. which is, you know, the what the fuck moment. I was like, okay, now, you know, you, you're doing some shit over here. You have got captured my attention. So, with this case, you had Manabu Soy on a roll. Keno's first defense. I didn't think he was going to lose it, but this was, you know, a, a pretty solid match that kept. And my he head. did, if you recall, he did lose the title on his first defense last time yeah, against Kaito. So part of me, as much as I love Soya, don't like had a fucking hell of a year. I would have been very upset if Keno yeah, lost this match, say, especially with the person that was the champion at the time. Uh, and Keno had a fucking hell of a year last year too. You know, in the wake, both those guys in Congo, kind of on their own now. I thought they both were probably the highlights of Noah. Well, at, at the top of the card, then we've got guys like Jack Morris, Eho Dahl, Doctor Wagner Jr., mm -hmm. really carrying that upper mid card. But um, yeah. What uh? What's your rating here? Four and a half. Same. Yeah, it was just a just a good old fashioned barn burner of a match. Yeah, you know, we you know, ring the bell, just get out of the way. Somebody count we, three when when we need to. We need. We to talked now. about uh the tag match with the two old guys last time, and you know Soya tapped him out, so it's like we've got that coming in, and yeah, they certainly did not disappoint. This was we yeah. Good build to a, a really good what should have been a main event. I was just getting ready to call it the main event, but. The it is. But no, it was they did everything right to make Manabu Sawyer feel as legitimate as possible and even made me think for a couple of minutes this could happen. So, oh, yeah, for for the match itself, I thought it was good. Obviously, post match, we had Go Shiozaki come out to challenge Keno, who promptly turns him down. <laughs> I laughed my monkey ass. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Oh, oh. <laughs> and you never see that shit happen. He's leaving to Keno, baby. It's a slam dunk. Nah, fuck Whoever you. comes out is going to be next. That's it. So Go comes out. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm already in my head. I'm like, okay, this would be cool, you know. You know, he had a good G1. You know, they probably should have been wrestling beforehand. And, you know, I'm, I'm still talking about him in my head as they're talking to each other. And then I think it was Stu is like, you know, Kennel says no. I'm like, he what? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that guy. Although that reminds me. Um, go ahead. Let's go back to the main, the best part of the main event. <laughs> Jake Lee and Kaito coming oh, out, basically no. being like, "Hey, Abushi, get the fuck out of I here!" Mean, I was like, "Man, y'all ain't gonna beat this one-legged man up. Come on, man, he can barely stand." Jake Lee, like, I think part of that might have been like real, because like, or or he or Kaito was supposed to challenge Abushi because 
you know, the winner of the main event, usually you're going to come out and challenge that person, even though it wasn't for the title. <laughs> just get the fuck out of my ring, motherfucker. <laughs> like, that was actually fun. <laughs> so, so dismissive. I was like, <laughs> See, I know he's a he's a broken man right now, but he's still walking, living legend. You okay over there? Just kind of limping off the stage. Dude, that was so hard to watch. So hard. Just stop. Sorry, I just remembered that, and I'm like, we got to talk about this. Oh, yeah, because I was like, dude, what did he go do to this guy? He's busted the fuck up. He can barely walk. Now you're going to try to get in his face? Like, what is he going to do, kick you? I mean, come on. Let him go, for fuck's sake. She was a little bit better because obviously he walked to the ring. But then when he when Kendall said no, I was like, oh shit. Now I was about to say, we're not even gonna get the mask. But he's like, no, you know, you have to put up the I am Noah. So it's basically an I am Noah versus the GHC heavyweight championship match, which I have no idea. Oh, Keno is a, a, a master troll artist. Him and Naito and Nakajima are like in that top three or four guys that could if you let him. They can get, get under your skin real quick, quick, and it owns space in your shit. Keno is, I think, already in Geo Shiozaki's head. It's going to be an interesting match. I think Keno would probably retain just God, because I hope it happened so. so quickly. It's the 13th, so I mean, it's 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 happening faster than we think. I think. Oh, that's like this weekend. I believe so. Wow. Well, and let's bring up the fact that Go. I can't even remember who all's on it, but like, kind of started his own like I am Noah faction. Yeah, who, that, that, who else was a part of that? I honestly do not remember right now. It, was it wasn't really anyone of much significance. Yeah, I was gonna say it was just kind of like mono, uh, the Saito. fact that we can't even remember. <laughs> no, Saito, uh, Yone, uh, yeah, which that was a weird fit. Yeah, I was just like, okay, whatever, it's clever. Um, obviously, there was a uh, Takoge. Oh, yeah. With the juniors shows was a heavy, and there was a, I think there was somebody else that was like a junior that was coming out. But I think that at least the fact that he formed this faction as like Team Noah or whatever, and now he has to put that moniker on the line. Well, one tells me he might win, which I would not like to, I fucking love Go Shiyazaki, but who doesn't want to see Keno take that away from him? Okay. So I'm like, she had. Shiozaki might have to take this L because uh, we got. Bigger- I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know about you, dog, but you might have to take this L. Let's go um, backwards really quick. Twenty six fourteen. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya show uh, Shoto Umino, uh, Rio Riohe Onwa, Inaba, Suji Kondo, and Junti Junta Miyawaki defeat House of Torture in an elimination match. I hate elimination matches. Hate House of Torture. So for me, I felt like this was somebody was putting nails in my fucking eyes and trying to keep them open. It was just, it, it just, it's, it was just long. I mean, God it was fine. I, I still enjoyed it. It was long, probably three and a quarter, three and a half. And a half. Yeah, I still enjoyed it. Could have been cut down by eight to ten minutes, but it was better than most House of Torture stuff. Let's just say that. Amen for that. Uh, still going backwards, you had Ida versus Daga for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship. 13 even, Daga wins over Ida. I expected a little more, especially with the push for from for Ida leading up to this match. Daga just coming back from, I believe, not from excursion, but just uh, 
came back from the Mexico, Mexico for a little bit, and yeah. now just now back for this match. This was fine. Um, totally fine. An either or guy gave it three and a quarter. Three stars. Totally fine. Not as bad as Hayata. Move on. Uh, <laughs> just for the record, then uh, Hayata Tanahashi yeah. loses. Weird, weird team, by the way. Yeah, it just felt like it's completely out of the blue, and it, it, it didn't make any sense. Uh, Ogawa ZSJ make a ton of sense, you know. Yeah. Ogawa being the uh, the senpai for ZSJ, thirteen or seventeen thirty six bell to bell. Ogawa and ZSJ too long here too. We could have uh, taken some of these minutes from this show and given it to a few Wrestle Kingdom matches. Yeah, nigga, that's about to say clearly you guys got minutes to spare. Everything was at least double digit. This minutes. was also fine, you know. Like there were some good parts of it for sure, but. Again, it was just too long. It didn't need to be that long. Yeah, it was a six-hour show, for Christ's sake. That's ridiculous. Uh, Oka Sasaki uh, loses to Takashi Segura, uh, 11.02. This is Sasaki's pro wrestling debut. Didn't look like it was his pro wrestling debut. Uh, Apparently, he's an athlete. I believe he did uh, MMA-type stuff for like a long time, yeah. So, yeah, it, it translated in the ring. Uh, this was about as, as well as I thought it would, should have been, especially being his first match. And Segura on the other side, he should have got kind of squashed. He did get kind of squashed. So it was what it was, three and a quarter for me. Yeah, I thought, you know, just never heard of this fucking guy before. And, you know, they're talking up his MMA credentials and this and that. And, yeah, like you said, I thought it definitely didn't look like his first match. You know, I'd say he impressed in that regard. Sugura, a nice first opponent for anyone. Welcome to Noah, bitch. And I'll be curious to see, you know, if this guy's going to be like a permanent full-time fixture here. Uh, someone to keep yes. our eye on and see how, see how he continues to grow. He's going to try to be on the uh, going to all the shows, even the little small house shows. Sweet. Yada, yada, yada. So I was, going to, I was saying at that point, you know. That it, I'm here for it. Yeah, I was going to say he earned the, the ass kicking he got from uh, Segura. That's for goddamn sure. Um, next up, you had the women's match. A little controversial, I guess, for some people. But for me, I didn't necessarily have too much of a problem with it. But let's talk about it. You had the great Segura. So that would be the kayfabe daughter of the great Muda. And now Wait, it is kayfabe? I thought it was kayfabe. I did not think they were. I thought it was his real daughter. <laughs> Oh, is it? A but I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I thought it was kayfabe. Well, then that's that's our assignment for next. And week. I think it's it's the so, great Sakuya. Sakuya. Okay, I'm, and I wrote it down wrong. Uh, Nagisa Nogazaki. Did I say that right? Uh, Nozaki. Yeah, no Nagisa Nozaki. Yeah, never heard of her. No, didn't hear of her. Never heard of her either. But she was actually really impressive in this match. Uh, Haruka. Yumasaki and Mizuki Takahisi were their opponents. 1346 bell to bell. This ended in a DQ as the great Sakura decides she's going to bring in a chair and go to work on her opponents. Uh, I believe the referee went down at one point where I was like, okay, I think this should be like the end of the match, right? But it goes on for a couple more minutes. They put a little work on the opponent's with the the steel chair, it was what it was. I thought that this was a decent debut for the, uh, the great Moose daughter. Um, I gave it three and a quarter. Um, it just felt like there was a little bit lacking. Where it, it, I guess some people wanted to finish. I'm not worried too worried about the finish per se. It just felt no. like we there was meat left on the bone for obvious reasons. Now what those reasons are, we just don't know yet. 
I looked, it does appear to be kayfabe. See, I'd never even like heard of her or anything, and I just kind of bought it. But it appears there was some like video or promo where he like picked up a baby from the mountainside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I didn't see any of that shit. When okay. was that? Um, did, so they've been doing like the Monday magic shows. Okay. Like other... I've only watched, I watched like a couple matches on one of them. It was I like the one with Kaito and Oiwa had the single yeah, match. Crazy. I saw the first complete show and I, I didn't... yeah, just by reading this, it definitely appears to be. <laughs> okay. That makes me but feel. Like I'm here for, I'm here for it. Shit. I was like, I take this shit way too seriously. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> in this scenario, like I said, I think it's totally fine. Um, you got meat on the bone, so I'm assuming that some form or fashion this will come back around. But the bigger picture is that this is another women's match, yeah. Noah's show, which once They're again pretty much having like one on all the big shows. Big shows. Hopefully, this will ultimately lead into some sort of title or a division, something where we could see the women on a Noah show more. I do more. miss uh what's her name? Natsu. What's Doing- up? I miss that one, the Natsu, Samiri Natsu or whatever, who we've seen on a few with the, the, in the corner, the pussy in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I knew, I knew you like that. You dirty little dog. You, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> no particular order. Uh, Shiozaki defeats Kojima in 1356. Ishii, uh, Ishii defeats uh, Masakita Mia. We need to a, talk about this one though. This, yeah, this, this, was a, this was one of those where it's, it's a classic, Ishii, a Masakita Mita match where you know both guys, you know when the bell rings. You Pretty just similar styles. Like, <laughs> and they literally, great. as soon as the bell rang, they ran up and, you know, kind of body blowed each other. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. <laughs> I, went, I went four and a half on this sucker. I thought I it was four to four. fucking great. Yeah, this <laughs> rule. Went the fuck out of it. it was great. <laughs> so much fucking fun. Uh, one of the surprises of the night, um, just in just I guess for the performance, better choice of words, Jake Lee, Jack Morris, and uh Anthony Green, the GLG boys versus he held Dr. Wagner Jr., Titus Alexander. That's who I wanted to talk about, and Vinny Macero in a six-man tag, 944 bell to bell. GLG wins. Um, Titus Alexander, I thought was a nice little uh addition. Yeah. I don't know how long he's gonna be there. He got into Jack Morris's face, so hopefully we're going to see that as a singles match. I have seen a handful of Tyus Alexander matches. I think he's, you know, pretty good in the ring. I can't remember what. This is the first time I'd seen him, I think. you know, If I had before, I didn't remember it. So, yeah, I thought he he's showed like, out pretty well. Like over a year, uh, uh, any promotion on the West Coast. I think yeah, I've heard of him, certainly. And I think he'd, he's been to Noah before, right? I don't. Or, I thought that he said they said that this was his uh, okay. debut over in Noah. So, I mean, okay. Let's say he has had a run over there. You know, this is a nice little day, uh, return. If it wasn't, this is an even better debut. So, yeah. I was Only thinking, 23 years old. Yeah. I was getting ready to say, he, he could be a breakout Jack Morris if uh, things will roll the right way. Looks like he had, like, some tag, multi-man tags, like, in November and December. So, okay. I thought I'd at least seen his name, like, that's, on that's cards right. he, or something. Yeah, he was in there uh, towards the end of the year. I do not you mention that. I do remember that. Um, the curtain jerker in this case with the last match we're going to talk about for this Noah car was a, uh, a triple threat match. You had Yohei and Tuguske versus uh, Alejandro and Ninja Mac versus the champions Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf. I thought this was going to be a one fall to a finish and then I think the- they did. 
or someone <laughs> yeah. the chance like whoa 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 hang yeah, on what bro. the fuck <laughs> like, we can't let this shit someone drop the ball <laughs> that's funny shit so to long story short the original winners of the match were Yohei and Tadusuke. They had uh, pinned uh, what I think it was Ninja Mac that yeah. uh, ate the pin. And I thought the match was over. And I was thinking to myself, oh shit, that's a short match. And the titles got, you know, switched on. That's kind of, you know, fucked up. So as soon as I'm saying this <laughs> in my head, I see Alpha Wolf and Dragon Bane come up to the referee <laughs> and they start beefing. I'm like, oh, is this an elimination match? Did I miss that part? And the next thing you know, the match is starting up again. I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, the chance moves anyway. So I know. Like, Son of a bitch. Really good match, not yeah. as wild as I would have liked it, but on yeah. a super show like this, and Noah, you're only going to get so many minutes to play with. It was 12:24, and I'm assuming that's with both matches combined. Yeah. But neither here nor there. I thought this was a really good curtain jerker, three seven five. Yeah, I think I gave it four, um, but agreed. I thought I had maybe slightly higher expectations, but it was still fucking very enjoyable. No, it was it was a it was a nice little ride. Like I said, I just wish they got a little more play, but neither here nor there. Um, let's talk TJP Dub, and then we'll talk about the one um, all of Japan show because I definitely want to talk about uh, Nakajima and what happens from here going forward. Um, TJP Dub had a show, I believe it was on the fourth of January that, that didn't have a name, which is usually kind of weird because they always have some sort of name like the. The January 6th show was the, you know, the inspiration show. This just didn't even have a name. It was just, you, you know, know Tokyo Joshi Pro 24 is what it was right. called. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's do this shit. And it was Man, a very nice show. Yeah, it was. It was better than, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. It was, I had some expectations for it, but it delivered ultimately. So that's all I could really Well, ask. and I want to say kind of how I've talked these last few, you know, really during the summer into the fall, like I didn't watch any TJP dub. And I know I missed some good, like the rise of Yuki Kamafuku and that whole tournament. Like I missed a lot. And I brought up in recent weeks, like diving back in. I'm like, this shit's fucking great. It's just always so entertaining. And, as I told you in text message, like it has kind of filled the stardom role for me. I have not watched a second of stardom since what was it? The October 9th show of last year. It's, you know, it just is what it is. It's not like I'm like anti stardom. It's just, I only got so much time now and it has fallen by the wayside for many reasons we've talked about that. I don't need to say again. Um, I do plan to watch the Shuri Mayu Iwatani match that just happened. I'm sure it was fucking great. So I will certainly be sprinkling some stardom in. But for now, TJP TJP Dub takes the cake for me. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed what I saw with this show. No, I thought it was better. uh, It was good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Better choice was. So let's talk about it. Break it down. We'll start at the, uh, the top, the main event. 1720 bell to bell. You had Masha Slamovich versus my ugh, you Masha can't talk right now. Um, <laughs> I've seen a lot of uh Slamovich, especially watching my fair share of Impact Wrestling. Don't watch a lot of uh Game Changer, but I will you know watch Impact Wrestling. This I thought was one of her better matches. I, oh, I've seen. yeah. And it's it just great. Different. She looked like it, just a little more vicious. You know, she feels like she's vicious in impact. This felt like, you know, I'm trying a to step up, up, you know, in, in, a, in some form or fashion. I, I thought this was the match of the night. 
Oh, it easily. Wasn't even that close. Four and a quarter stars for me on this. Uh, Miu retains the title in 1720. But I thought this was a really good banger match. Uh, Slamovich doesn't lose anything. But, you know, I don't look at her differently by her losing this match or anything yeah, like that. Yamashita's a bad bitch. Yeah, and, uh, and Masha stood with her, you know, basically until she couldn't stand with her mm -hmm. anymore. And I thought that was a really, you know, a nice way to make her look strong, make me, you know, be presented as a strong champion in a title defense. So for me, this was a win-win on both sides. I thought, like I said, to me, I was more like, you know, who's this a different Masha Slamovich? I know it's the same. She's just, you know, fighting this bitch a little harder. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good main event all, overall. I agree with everything you said, except I went four and a half. I feel like I've been a quarter star above you on a lot of these, but hey, it is what I, I, I send you with my shit. You know, you yeah. got <laughs> um, what says the guy who gave Mara Fuji Ibushi three stars? But I was being nice, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, this rule, buster, if you will. Okay, I liked, I liked what you said. Like Masha stood with her until she couldn't, and that's kind of a micro. Like they pummeled each other. They. They took it to each other the whole time, you know, only 17 and a half minutes and they were going at it the entire time. And yeah, Masha looked phenomenal. Yamashita is phenomenal. The only Masha matches I can compare were she had two with Jordan Grace at the end mm -hmm. of 2022. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I saw one of them in person. Um, it was like the no DQ match or whatever they had. But I actually like the one from, I think it was Bound for Glory 2022 better. But this one might be better than both of them. I thought this was excellent. No, it was really, really good. And I couldn't agree with you more. There was, uh, I thought Jordan Grace kind of helped put Masha Slamovich on the map when it comes yeah. to uh, Impact Wrestling. Going backwards, we had a, a change in the uh, Princess of Princess tag title match where uh, Hikari Noah had to drop the title due to injury so which is very unfortunate yeah the, uh, the free wi-fi was really kind of just starting to get cooking ding stole my thunder uh so we had to we had to they had to change the card so you had uh rika tatsumi and miyu watatame as a team versus suzumi and orissa endo who were originally in the match versus free hi-fi hi but then a third team was added in Ryo Miyazami and Yuki Aino, who end up winning the match, which was kind of weird to begin with because I was like, well, damn, they just got to add it to the match and now they're going to win it. Neither here nor there. 13-19, bell to bell. Like I said, Miyazami and Yuki Aino win the match. I thought this was a pretty good tag team match. Yeah. It just it felt like, you know, I was got to rooting for uh, Daisy Monkey, if you will. For those who don't know, that's Suzume and... Uh, Arisa Endo, uh, I, I thought that, you know, maybe I thought this they were going to win as well. And I thought maybe this was going to be the upset of the night and, you know, the camel clutch was going to pull it out. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. I don't have a problem with uh, Ano and. Uh, no, I, I'm a big Mizunami fan. I've, I've yeah. said but she just brings the heat. Like she just brings so much energy and just excitement. Yes. The crowd loves her. Um, I think Yuki Aino is definitely someone who's just gotten better and better. Um, over the last couple of years. So, yeah. So I kind of took it from you. I went four on this and, uh, yeah, quite enjoyed it. No, it was, it was a really fun match. It was better than, uh, I had not a lot of expectations that I didn't know what we were going to walk into better than I thought. Next up, you had the match for the International Princess of Princess title. Uh, Maxine Imperial as the reigning champion. This was her third title defense coming in against Yuki Arai. Um, 
I was a little surprised that Yuki Rai was in this to begin with, but then Let alone when they showed, yeah, when they showed her beating uh, Maki Ito, I was like, oh yeah, I guess that kind of does make sense. I guess they were trying to tell you that this was happening. So uh, didn't give Yuki Rai much chance, and then surprise, surprise, <clears throat> surprise, ten twenty one, yep. she wins the international. Yeah, in only ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and that that's what I thought was the more of the, the surprising thing is how short the match was for. Someone that is, I guess, which she is imposing, like Max the Impaler. I thought it, this would be one of the more longer matches. And if it went 10 minutes, I would have put money on the fact that Max would have won in that 10 minute stretch. It is what it is. Um, I don't know what the, I guess, Max had those t- couple of title defenses. So it did, uh, you know, go across international waters, but I'm not sure what's next for. Yuki Arai, what, what the plan is for her. I, I thought maybe maybe this might be a little too fast, too quick. We'll see what happens because obviously uh, she'll be defending the title here sooner versus later. But this was fine. I gave it three and a half. Yeah, I think I was about the same, maybe three, seven, five. But yeah, just mainly the surprise factor of it. And I've always I'd brought it up, like Yuki Arai from that uh, tag win she had with Saki Akai during the first TJPW show I saw. Um yeah, Max is great, you know, always just a beast, definitely just a different figure in New Jersey, or uh, TJP dub, but uh, yeah, not the only one to doing it. Yeah, definitely intrigued uh, to see what Yuki Arai does with it. Next up, one of the matches I was really looking forward to, Rina Yamashita versus Maki Ito. Um, haven't seen a lot of uh, Rina Yamashita, but I, the, uh, I was curious to see how she would translate against Maki Ito, who obviously we've seen plenty of, uh, especially when it came to GHC. I was thinking, maybe how are they going to, if they were going to be able to make this translate into more so of a match, sort of like a GHC match or, or extreme match. You mean GCW. GCW, sorry. <laughs> uh, make it more of an extreme or hardcore match, whatever you want to call it. And as Yamashita pays off the referee in high school. <laughs> I did like that. I was like, okay, so that's how we going to get this done. Yeah. That's when I thought the match picked up. And at that point, it became the match of the night up until the main event. Uh, 1643 bell to bell. Reno Yamashita defeats Maki Ito. Not a huge surprise. Uh, the couple of nasty bumps. Uh, Maki Ito going to the table was definitely one of the, the cringy moments of the match, but I thought it was a, a pretty well done match. I gave it three, seven, five. Same. You had the pizza cutter, and you could tell she didn't really touch her with it, but, you know, it was for, good for the novelty. You know, you got some blood, which you don't really see over there much. Yeah, I, this was uh, quite enjoyable and something, you know, very different than we're used to seeing there. And uh, similarly, I don't know if I'd ever seen a Rena Yamashita match, maybe one, but certainly yeah, familiar was. with her and know she is more of like a hardcore deathmatch type. And uh, yeah, it was good fun. Um, then from that point, pretty much no particular, not much uh, matches that's really of significance. But what about to- Shoko Nakajima versus Hyper Masao in a New Year Make Your Dreams Come True Daruma match? That, how they were, this is like a tradition. Okay. <laughs> I was going to talk. I was not just going. I'm just, just saying, I think that is something of significance compared it, it, to the rest is, here. Okay, then fine. Let's talk Mother about Motherfucker. Damn, shit. <laughs> 1407 bell to bell. Apparently, and uh, the, the first time I had watched a TJPW, one of the, their big uh, shows, I do remember this as one of the uh, 
a match that I'd seen before. It was just, yeah, I don't think I had seen one of these before. I'm pretty sure I have. And it was just so over the top and weird. I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on with this shit? And so I, I probably wasn't really paying that much attention to it the second time around because I like Hyper Masato. So I love Shoko Nakajima is just like one of the better wrestlers on their roster. I was like, oh, so this is a thing. You do this every year. Oh, okay. So that from that point, I really wanted to get into it and see how did this joke unfold. Hyper Masato with her new bike. You got poor uh, Nakajima getting riding her bike down the steps of Cork. Dude, I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? Why the no, no? And she was was so good. Like, don't do, don't you do this shit? Don't you do this shit? And she started going out, and it was like a speed. I know, like you know, like a a a nice little, you know, like she's gonna fucking wipe out, and she yeah, because she was coming in hot, and the the bike was bouncing. I was like, oh, oh shit, oh shit. I'm like, I'm just thanking God that you know, somebody. I think it was. Mahiro was the uh, the poor crash test dummy on both of those uh, bike spots where yeah. you know the first time she uh, Shoko threw Mahiro in front and now this time she had to be the one that catches fucking <laughs> Hyper Masato coming down off the steps. Don't get me wrong, okay. <laughs> As much as as much as this is usually is not in my wheelhouse, when she came down them steps, I was like, oh no, oh, oh god, oh no. I mean, you literally like you know, we take it down them steps, immediately invested in it. And, and this I'm was like, not long good. after she like ran the bike through like a tower of toys or whatever the fuck it was in the ba- It was Uh-oh. cool seeing like the bowels of Cork and Hall because they were just all ba- all the way back there. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. No doubt. As you know, they say they were, when uh, uh, Hyper Missile was chasing Nakajima in the uh, the back hallways, going on the bike, I was like, "Okay, see, this, here we go." <laughs> no surprise, I loved this. I still only no. gave it three seven five because it's like, I you gave can it only, three seven five. Only go so high, but like such good fun and yeah. I was getting ready to say it's it. it it can only it can only plateau. It's not going to break this plateau. To me, this is the ceiling for it. It's three seven five, and like you said, it was a good fun. We match. didn't even say how you win the match. There was like some sort of like yeah blow up was, type doll, but like a head. Yeah, the doll. Where and you all won. you had to do you had to climb a ladder and like what write an X on it, which oh, I think Shoko like Shoko that. had like drawn an X on the ref's face at one. In the match, I was like, dude, y'all motherfuckers. It was it's, just good, 15, good fun. In a 15 minute match, they got 1407 out of it. They maximized the fuck yeah. out of that shit. I it ain't was fun. Rio beats uh, Shino Suzuki in 533. Mizuki in a, a much another of a match that once the bell rang, all of a sudden the, the shit just went quick. Yeah. But in the South, in a good way, they were beating the shit out of each other. Mizuki um, beats now Kakuta in 848. Um, then from that point, you had a couple of uh, six women tags. That, I didn't watch those. so Okay, I didn't think you did. So, okay. <laughs> Ultimately, pretty good uh, show from TJPW. Did you want to talk about the 1-6 show? Or do you want to do I don't all? think we need to. We can just say um, Masha and Max the Impaler fought to a Double, it was either double count out or double DQ, but it was great. They just fucking pummeled each other, fought all around outside. And then it was a five woman battle royal that uh, Miyu Watanabe won to become the number one contender for the Princess of Princess Championship, which is noteworthy because Miyu versus Miyu is happening again. And the last time it happened, it was fucking awesome. I think it was like fall of 2022 or, you know, 
about a year and a half ago or so. Yeah, it was, it was an instant classic for sure. That was yeah. so very, fun. very much looking forward to that. No shit. Okay, let's talk this All Japan before we get the fuck up out of here. So obviously, All Japan is one of the new promotions that we're starting to uh, watch and follow more and more as our good buddy Nakajima has floated over and signed the obvious contract there and then is basically just taking every goddamn thing over. Triple Crown Champion won the uh, – their, oh, I guess it was – Tag League. League. Yeah. I remember the name. Correctly. Coming out looking like uh, – Fucking Antonio Inoki coming out to Inoki's music. I love every <laughs> single thing he is doing. He's shaved his head, dyed it blonde. Like he's got basically a blonde shaved head. He's wearing all white. He looked like a fucking killer. Without and, and he like I'm looking at him like, uh, uh, okay, fuck it. You know, let's do this shit. So obviously. Nakajima and Kento Miyahara had their match on New Year's Eve. I should have watched it New Year's Eve. I was nice and buzzed. And I should have just took advantage <laughs> of the shit, but I was nice and too-too buzzed, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, yeah. neither here nor there. Um, this is their second match in, the, I guess, in the lack of a better choice of words, a series. The first time around was in NOAA. That went about 40, 45 minutes. It's probably going to be on my top 25 of matches of the year. A little spoiler alert on oh, that. Yeah. Um, Top, top 15 for me, I'll just tell you that. Yeah, I was getting ready to say it. I think that I'm pretty sure it's in my top. I think 15. we both went five stars on it, if I recall. Yeah, that's correct. what I was going to say. So it's, it's probably in the top 15, top 10 um, for sure. This time around, you have Kento Miyahara as the ace of New Japan, but slowly but surely feels like he is losing his grip on, I guess, his stranglehold, for lack of a better term, as the reigning ace of New Japan. He's all lost Japan. It. All Japan. I'm sorry. He's <laughs> lost a triple crown title to uh, Nakajima, and now he has lost a, a real world tag. Well, no, he and lost the triple crown to Yuma, right? Yeah, you. I take that back. Yuma yeah. loses to Nakajima. So in yeah. this scenario, because that's where Nakajima came out, smacked him with the flowers, and now you have this big ass mess. So my mistake. Anyway, long story short, now we have a rematch. The Triple Crown title is on the line, and you have it as probably the, one of the biggest matches of the year on the final show of the year. I don't have the uh, the running time on me. That's the only thing I don't have, but neither of you know, what, what was the running time? It was – shit, I had it. Uh, here we go. One sec, one sec, one sec. It's probably something – 25-51. Okay, I was thinking more. I thought it went over 30 minutes. But for 25-51, I thought this was a banger of a match. It was one, another classic Nakajima match. I think sometimes, you know, I think he's really going to put another person jaw displaced or put somebody in a sleep. There was a couple of slaps. Like he did with Tatsuya Endo. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, there was a couple of slaps. I think oh, it was yeah. Back to back where he just, I mean, cold cocked the shit out of me. Hard. I was just like, yeah. Oh, he's still standing. He's such oh, a bad, bad man. <laughs> I just like, okay, sir, I'm good here. You can go right ahead. I thought this was not not as good as the original, but agreed. All, but all still, awesome. I thought it was really good. I gave it four and a half stars. The right guy, I think, went over because I agree with you on the fence on the sense of this is two different stories going the rise of Nakajima, the fall of Kento Miyahara, and then ultimately you're going to have a re redemption arc of Kento Miyahara coming back. 
at some point. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, he hits rock bottom and, you know, it's going to be like a Baron Corbin type of situation, you know, coming <laughs> around and shit. I but think this is his rock bottom. You this, know? Yeah, I was getting ready to say him having to tap out. Yes. Where I think that yeah. is the more, a pinfall is, is one thing. The fact that he tapped out and I knew that he tapped out coming in, it was still like when I saw it, I was like, oh. See, I did not know that. Either, so it was awesome. <laughs> no, the fact that I knew it, and I was still kind of like, "Is this how he's going to tap out?" Yeah, this is starting to look a little nasty. I was like, "Go ahead, Kento. It ain't that." <laughs> and Kento, he lost. The fir- he lost the first match. We've talked plenty about their history coming up in uh, Kensuke Office, Kensuke Sasaki's promotion, and they fucking hate each other from those days. So it's like so much bad blood, and Kento just can't get the job done. And I love it, and it's going to be fascinating to see kind of where he goes from here and nakajima too you know he is he came in and he literally just put his foot on the head of all japan pro wrestling and i fucking love every second of it that thing on the right in the in the car he's stepping on it and stepping on it (laughs) all the way down i'm I'm loving to see that too there's i can't think of the guy that that somebody's coming back from injury that's been gone for a year yeah it was someone i didn't recognize like the face you know, I can't even remember who it was to be. Yeah, honest. it was um, it was a monthly parade. had a uh, a tweet on. It. I think it was either yesterday or the day before. So I mean, it's not like uh, all of a sudden Nakajima is out of the woods and he's not going to have contenders. There's going to be contenders. It's just now who's the next one that's going to come up? Because obviously, like you said, he beat Ogori for the title. Now he's beating uh, Miyahara next. So I guess the, the next, the ultimate question is, what's next? For, well, he he you know, did defend it already. I know you haven't watched it, but he defended it against uh, Charlie Dempsey, William Regal. Wouldn't this be the second defense? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, in terms of that, I mean, that was like five, four days thereafter. Actually, did you pretty, watch it? I did. It was a good match. Um, How did Charlie Dempsey look? Because he looked good. He got a lot of offense in Azar, and I understand this point. He thinks he got too much in which Mm -hmm. i understood because we've seen what nakajima has done since he came in and he fucking took it to him a little bit obviously nakajima got the dub um and i see azar's point of like this guy's the king you have this pretty much nobody by and large coming for lack of a better term but i really enjoyed it i thought dempsey looked great um and nakajima ultimately i mean he's still he still fucking took it to him. But, yeah, Dempsey did get a little more offense than I thought. But uh, I'm glad it happened because now I have kind of a newfound respect for old Chuck Dempsey. That's what's up. Okay. I'm definitely something to, to look forward to this weekend. Um, okay. The name, it's Shotaro Ashino, which is certainly a name I know. I am I know I've seen him in a match or two here or there, but don't really know much about the guy. So he will be the one um, challenging. Okay. All right. Cool. I was getting ready to say because I knew I saw it. I just didn't. I couldn't remember the. Uh, oh, okay. So he won the Champion Carnival last year, which is like their G one. And I do remember. I didn't watch the match, but he faced Yuma for the title last year. So and that's why I remember because I was like, okay, yeah. So that means you know he, he somebody at least we need to watch out for going forward. So there you go. That that could be the next stop for the Nakajima uh, bandwagon for twenty twenty four. 
Anything you want to talk about New Japan or All Japan that we didn't nah, talk about? I mean, it was a good show. I watched most of it. Um, I don't think we've been going two and a half hours, and I know you got to do BFR right after this. So I just uh, want to say I enjoyed it. And like you said, we're going to have our eyes a little closer on All Japan this year. Do want to at least give a shout out to Dan Tamura versus uh, L. Lindemann, mm. who we've seen in a Best of Super Juniors a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that guy. Had never seen Tamura before. I really liked him. The crowd really liked him. He got the dub, wins the junior title. So now that's another guy I'll be kind of excited to see what he's doing moving forward. Um, and then I thought the June Saito versus Ray Saito match between the brothers was also pretty good fun. I could, yeah, I was going to say, I did like the, uh, the All Japan show. It was uh... Oh, and we had Suzuki and uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. teaming up mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, was with, back to the old Suzuki Goon days against uh, it was those two in Hokuto Amori versus Hideki Suzuki in All Japan, mm -hmm. Hikaru Sato and Suwama. So you know, just some good fun stuff all around here. That's yep, yep. That's what's up. Okay, so next time when we see each other, hopefully yes. it'll be next week. We will have award. Top well, his top 50, my top 25, and then we're delving out awards for the best of 2023 in classic uh Phoenix Phoenix Splash podcast fashion. We are always late, always a step behind, but god damn it, we're gonna get the job done. It's gonna be tight. I'm I'm really looking forward to that for yeah, sure. Yeah, it should be a good time because I know that uh we see things differently in wrestling and that's what it's all about. So we'll be delving out the awards next week on well, next, next time on PSP 19, but for PSP 18, I'm one half of your humble host, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. That's your other half, the chairman of the board of the GOG, Brett Jager. We'll holler at you on the next clip. PSP's in the house. We'll see you next time. Peace. See you.